if it, if it helps in the editing. I don't understand basketball or the NBA because it's not a Pittsburgh sport other than our basketball team in our college. So it's not a real sport to me, so you can't actually get in trouble for this one. That's fair. That's fair. Do you actually live in, in Pittsburgh itself, the proper or like? No, I, I'm an hour and a half um, east okay. towards the mountains. So I, I'm, I live rural. So okay. like I could get there real quick. It, Pittsburgh's a weird that's right. City. Go Bucks. Did you see that that dunk Giannis <laughs> just threw down on the poor dude? Oh, I just I mean this 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 is maybe a jump in the cold open here, but I mean, my mental health has not been doing very good and I've been I've been trying more stuff than I usually try uh for it and it's you know, like I I think that like I've got a, a meter that's just like emptying. It's like a like a mana bar. And it's just like it's it's spent, and I keep throwing ethers at it, but I need like turbo ethers, you know. See, you need to you need to real quick. You need to stop looking at that way. You need to look at it as you're in full block mode, and no matter what life throws at you at this point, they can't chip damage you out. Is that what it is? Yeah. So I'm, I, am, I am. You're, I am you're, you're down back. You're down back. Yeah, you're down back. Crouch, and you're just waiting for that super to pop. Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah, I'm Daigo. I'm waiting for it to to to. Uh, they're trying to chip me out, but I'm getting the I'm getting the actual parries in. Um, yeah, I, uh, but what I was going to say is like, one of the things that just always gives me a boost of like, of like, I guess it's like vicarious adrenaline or like whatever it is, um, is seeing Giannis just dunk on some poor bastard. And then the mean mug that follows where he's just like, like that right there. I don't know what it is. It's, I, I mean, I've watched sports a long time. There are a couple of sports celebrations that just like, you know, are kind of iconic, but nothing right. for me. It's it's the mean mug. It's just spe- <laughs> specifically Giannis's mean mug, and it's yep. it's really a great story because he's like this really nice like person from you know like Athens, Greece, and uh, and uh, yeah, there's ganked by children uh, again. Uh, he's a really nice person from Athens, Greece. And, like, he, coming into the NBA, they said he was too nice, so he had to develop being mean because right. he'll just get pushed around. I mean, people don't think, like, of, of the NBA as, like, a high-contact sport, but, like, it really is. I mean, you're throwing your body legally into people oh, yeah. in very specific ways. And so he actually modeled his mean mug. It's, it's where that... It's the wrestling thing where you, like, you take something... And then you become a caricature of it, and he modeled it right. after KD, and so he's just a caricature of somebody who's already a caricature. A caricature. So it just. I just go ahead. If we get if we get Age of Sigmar, whether it's through, you know, T sports or whatever, into that level of like wrestling, which is what I would love and find it much more interesting. Mm-hmm. I know that I would either a have to immediately become like a color commentary person, mm-hmm. or b I'd have to turn heel immediately because I could not survive in a WWE environment, just being me as I am right now. Right, right. <laughs> so I understand his struggle. Right, right. Um, real quick, uh, Minimum Pants, uh, reminding everybody for a 1,000 RDB that chat gang ain't nothing to fuck with. Uh, also dropping a nice little knowledge bomb saying, the NBA is a contact sport. Football, hockey are collision sports. I like that. I like that. I think that's a really good characterization of it. That's probably I work on lunch break before I got really into lifting. I didn't understand that difference. So I was flying, tackling people in basketball. And if they got a broken rib, they die, they die. (laughs) 
<laughs> like you sit you sit on the court i and uh, first time that's on me third fourth fifth time you keep inviting me back you know what i'm about guys yeah yeah fair enough fair <laughs> enough but uh folks are showing up furious bumble goose asking wait miley cyrus are we doing this oh we're doing this we are doing this i have i have a page of notes Chuck's got six pages of notes that he's just shared with me, and no doubt his own. Uh, I combed through and did my homework with the title tracks that he made me listen to for each album. I've got my own takes. We are doing this. This is episode 62 of Rantcast. You donated over $7,000 to Mental Health America. One of the goals was we do this discography review for Miley Cyrus. That's right. Age of Sigmar, Miley Cyrus. You don't know how the Venn diagram quite lines up. But, but, <laughs> right, right. Venn diagram where I'm like pop stars, Warhammer, Chuck's in the middle, yeah. and I just and I just force people to listen to my insane bullshit, and right. you guys seem to enjoy it, so I'm not gonna shut up. Not you know, right? Wasn't right. going to anyway. <laughs> Can we just do Pepsi milk again? I... No, no, we are doing more Cyrus. This is much better than Pepsi milk. Uh, but I mean, so so here's just kind of my 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 take off the jump. The thing I respect the most in people is passion for a thing. It's something that I had to work hard to reconcile kind of growing up. Because I was a nerd, but I was a secret nerd, you know? Like, I was the really more firmly in the camp based on, lumped based on, like, music interests and stuff like that. Um, and then, like, my hobby interests took over in college. But growing up, right. I was like, um, we didn't have, like, a full-blown goth click or even, like, a full-blown punk click so we got lumped in with like the metal kit the metal heads right so like the slc the people who watched slc punk and mall rats and thought it was the coolest shit ever and like you know like that sort of like uh, residual heat grunge punk metal click we all got lumped into called the boots the dirty boot dirty boot because most of us tend to wear like doc martens or like uh army navy surplus jump boots um and then, like, you know, the chains and the mohawks and the, you know, like, this it was, that was kind of like... Pants. My... Jinko pants. No, never Jinkos. Jinkos was uh, something that the... Uh, really? Yeah, the the rats uh, or the hip-hop kids or, okay. like, the um, the rats were the hip-hop kids. They were called rats. Uh, the rats wore them. Um, you could do... I could do a whole, like, early 90s movie on my highly, like, highly clicky... The worst clicky high school I've ever been to, which is Winona, Minnesota. Uh, one of the clickiest places. I went to, five, in the end, five different high schools. One high school twice um, for six total moves in high school. And uh, of all of them, it was by far, it was hard lines. To be a social butterfly in that context was super difficult. Like, they were like, right. social butterflies were essentially like untouchables. Or like uh, like an untouchable cast. It was really weird if you got along with everybody. Um, and I yeah. tersh So I kept the fact that I liked RPGs. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade was an obvious one. Rifts was, was pretty big. But when you're a goth kid, like, people pretty much just assume, like, you walk into a room and you keep it secret that you play vampire <laughs> because you don't want to be lumped in with the nerds. But right. now, now that I'm older, I look back on that all and I go, I was just a huge fucking nerd that didn't know yeah. it yet. Because it's nerdy to be a goth. Like, I look back on, like, goths and then, like, the later iteration, which is emos, and I just make fun of them so hard. Or at least I did. And this is where I'm going with this, is at some point I realized, and this has happened around college, that the worthiest part of an interest is passion for the interest. 
Um, I used to get really granular with, you know, I, ca I can't like the jocks because this, and I can't like, you know, so I didn't like, I liked sports in elementary school and middle school, and then when I got to high school, I wasn't allowed to like sports anymore because that wasn't my click. And I didn't get to come back around to sports until college when you go, like, it's more multi, like, cultural, and, and there's, uh, you, I'm going to, to, to it in Wisconsin, you realize liking the Green Bay Packers becomes, like, a universal language. And like right. as soon as you you have that like sport universal language, which is what I why what I really love about sports. But because I had this weird lifestyle, I recognized. I'm sorry, I'm talking really. This is a really long tangent. I'll let you jump in here, but um, I realized though that like they're all just nerds. Sports nerds are nerds for sports. They're just the at that time period they were the socially oh, yeah, acceptable yeah. nerd. You know, like no, uh, go ahead. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, no, say hundred percent. Like I, I I was pretty lucky with my uh, high school. Um, as time went on, so like yeah, like we were clicky. I was I was the fat nerd. I liked D and D. I played Pokemon. I played video games. That that was that was my group. Um, I was also in the marching band. And then as time went on, like I did wrestling for a year, and then all of a sudden the jocks liked me because oh I could do what they did. But I still played D and D and did all this other stuff. I would also hang out with them. And like but like naturally everyone kind of intermixed. So as we progressed and got like into senior high school, we all just kind of stopped caring about those boundaries, which was a very nice thing. Because everyone's just like, oh, we're just we're just people, and then actually, it, it, you know, it was a uh, really refreshing because we learned before we all went to college that just hang out and do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Because that, that's what college is. College is when you're just like, you guys are my friends, and I'm gonna do what I do because I like it, and that's why we're friends. Well, and if you don't like it, then I'm not gonna hang out with you because we're not gonna probably meet. Who cares? Yeah. Like I, I had a, I mean, I think I've shared this story before. My, I had a girlfriend for two years, sophomore and junior year in, in high school didn't know I played D&D &D or video games for two years hung out every like I walked her home every day of school we hung out most weekends the weekends we didn't hang out I was playing D&D &D, and after I would walk her home I would walk to Rogue Traders in Green Bay and go play Vampire the Masquerader riffs um like there you go. and it, it, I it, because it was such a different now Green Bay West High School is actually really really cool, and Green Bay and and then East Pier where I ended up going after that for my for my uh, junior year, prior to my junior year, um, those were really cool because that was where like the barriers were starting to break down. So so my sophomore year I actually played soccer with uh, with uh, with like a lot of you know what would have been what we would have considered like the 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 hip hop click or the you know other clicks. Uh, by the time by Winona standards, and there they're like, "Oh, he plays soccer with us. Cool, like the weird dude with jet black hair down to the middle of his back and and like black nail polish, playing soccer with him. They didn't give a crap. Let him in. <laughs> yeah, no, like he plays, he play, like he plays soccer, and like I, you know, I was uh, uh, like they didn't care, like because I played sports, but I didn't, I wasn't learning the lesson yet because I didn't really like uh, outside of that soccer, like playing soccer. I didn't really associate, like, I didn't go hang out at their houses or anything. Like, we just played, we were friendly to each other on the field because we were a team, and then, like, when I left, it was like, I didn't hang out with them. It's a whole thing, like, I always remember, like, you know, like, whenever you're walking around, you see a kid crying and screaming, and you're just like, kid, like, you don't know what problems are. You gotta remember the world you live in. At that kid, whatever that problem that kid is that he's crying and screaming about, that's his world right now. You gotta be like, okay, I see where you're coming from. High school's the same thing. That's our world. Like, you didn't want to upset it and lose what status you did have. And then you get to college, and you're just like, my world is everything. Mm -hmm. It's whatever I want it to be. Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it, you know, this is growing. So it's, it's like, I, I understand. I 100% understand it. I never, 
had the tact when I was in high school at the early, young age when I was you know overweight and nerdy and all that to be like oh maybe I shouldn't tell people about this I'm just like I'm walking around and be like I like Pokemon Bulbasaur's my favorite Pokemon <laughs> and everyone's like fucking nerd <laughs> I'm just like I'm playing Pokemon oh, it's, it's... and now, now I'm like now I'm like walking around like I'm playing Pokemon I'm gonna go deadlift twice my body weight I'm gonna play more Pokemon everyone's like all right cool well it's, it's weird because like now that we're we're adults it's it's um. Like, I do think that some of those barriers break down, but I also feel like some people still want it to be high school. And, and I know this is as evidence because, like, I just watch Facebook conversations. I'm like, this is high school drama, but adults are doing it right now. I'm like, so they still, like, want this, like, weird high school drama. But before I bury you, the you know that Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll say, you know what the secret of Facebook is? Don't have it. I just, unfo just unfollow most people. Yeah. Yeah, just unfollow everything. <laughs> Never comment on any, like, universal post. Like, even if you like an article for something, whatever it is, it could be a, an Onion, like, satire post where you're just like, hey, 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 this is funny. Or, like, it could be, like, a like a, a HuffPo and whatever, yeah. or, or, like, a Fox News article. Whatever it is, whatever ends up yep. in your feed, just never comment on them. Like, I, I, the, tenth, I the 11th commandment is thou shalt not read the comments. I think there's a... Oh, yeah, th never. It's been amended to thou shalt not post a comment. You just don't. On Facebook, just don't. Just don't. See, I, I will... Where I will post a comment. Outside of me, obviously, I have my little club, our group uh, setting within there for, for my local gaming club. So we'll chat in there. That's different. So fine, whatever. Yeah, that's different. That's that's, different. You know everybody in there. Yeah. I will post on Daughters of Cain, Warhammer, Age of Sigmar, Facebook page posts. Because I know, no matter what, if anyone ever decides to come at me in there, that I win. Go ahead. Good luck. I win. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like, so it's just like that's my that's my safe play. Like if you absolutely know a hundred percent, don't not that you think you know. Like if you're gonna like if you're gonna post politics, you don't know. You just think you know. Like all right, just don't worry about it. But if you, no, no, if you, I, I do like, know. Like, I just don't post them because I know. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you post on OBR, it's like you know. If you post on an OBR thread, you know. Who's gonna fight you? Look at you. Look at you. Harold of Nagash. Who's going to fight you? Not me. I, I, might, I don't care. Nagash I, is terrible. I might actually be a avatar of Nagash set to a world without enough power to support uh, my true form. Uh, I think I think I might actually be one of those like avatars of Nagash that gets cast out into the, across the mortal realms. But I had to take on this weaker but form. Because, your penance uh, is life. Your penance is life right yeah, now, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't sleep because the dead don't sleep, you know? Like... <laughs> so you know you, you know who else you know who else doesn't sleep miley cyrus because she's just putting out bangers left and right i My actually goodness. before we we jump into this i want to you you mentioned uh i think maybe it was in the cold open or maybe right before we went live that you didn't listen to pop music in high school which is really what got me talking about this because yeah, you know kind of masking we call it when you are a nerd but you don't let other people know you're a nerd we call it masking your power level um okay yeah <laughs> which is the I, get it, I get it um so you weren't good at masking your power level but you also didn't listen no. to um to pop music no it, it was i like i was in marching band and all that um in orchestra or, orchestral uh, i did chorus for a year it was fun but wasn't singing wasn't my jam as much like i listened to like rock punk punk rock that was more my theme like uh yeah, some 41 no doubt uh green day you're younger than me are um, you chuck 34 a little bit okay yeah not much um but i also had like this really healthy 
love, thanks to my dad, of not, I don't want to say country, because country now is like really changed in a weird way, but classic country. So Johnny Cash, George Jones, like, and then, and then the older rock too that kind of blended with that. Well, you, so you like, have what's I had it, yeah. outlaw rock, right? And then like yeah, yeah. bluegrass, and like, so you had that like, uh, oh, even but, like, yeah. even by like modern standards, like, uh, um, Oh, oh gosh, continue. Yeah, but like I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, like th- that's where my music taste was, but I wasn't like always in the music. Like occasionally there'd be like there'd be like a really nice pop song that's like really catchy and like, you know, it'd be summer and you know, windows down, like it was fun, but like I didn't really like invest into that genre cuz I didn't really care. And there was that whole stigmata like like oh, Britney Spears, like my sister likes Britney Spears, I can't like Britney Spears. Um, then there's just one day I'm just like, you know, Toxic's a pretty good song. And then, like you know, listen, you know, even like uh, college too. Like uh, I, I like the uh, in, like Britney Spears, the one like, song my, by by her, the the uh, Womanizer. I think that song's just fantastically oh, yeah. catchy. That's good. Yeah, like said, looking back on it now, like it's such a catchy tune. Yeah, I see. Like, I, what you're talking about here is part of my like my click was metal, the metal punk rocker guy. Yeah, uh, goth. I was a goth at that point. Uh, transition toward like like goth, uh, goth light later on and then just like generic punk uh, as it right. progressed um but like i was not allowed to like other music in that pe- in that period of time if it played on the radio it had to suck by default um <laughs> like it so like it had to yeah. it had to suck and so like i wasn't oh. i hate i hate me from that age by the way like i would kick mm-hmm. the crap out of twelve-year-old Andrew who thinks he has everything figured out, like fuck that guy. I, I, Mephisto's way cooler. Continue. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, no. Oh, younger me, what a piece of shit. Um, and then uh, high school, I definitely developed. And I'm not sure if it's just my area, or if it's just what you do in high school, but like found a really good love for like true music players, like Dave Matthews Band, um, and like you know all the guests you'd have on, like just listening, going to concerts, and like you know listening to a ten-minute riff of two-step was an enjoyable time for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can still do that on occasion, but, like, you know, the, uh, college, like, it's like pop kind of just started kicking in. Like, I, I remember driving home a winter night from college. It was dark. And I, I should also say, too, like, I was much more literary in my love of art in high school. Uh, like, could you explain I that, love I, I, I loved Shakespeare. I loved books, um, like classic books. I go back to we would have been total bros in high school, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like, um, I was I was the word nerd like I was the 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 moody art art poet guy in all like the you know in the corner of the classroom all that was me right. but like I wasn't mm-hmm. afraid to talk on like the usual like really really quiet version I was actually uh right. really sarc- I was a lot more Daria than than uh oh, okay. you know like kind of outspoken uh, about how much uh, yeah. of a weirdo I was <laughs> well, it's like it's like well I remember distinctly this is the first time whenever like I, I listened, and it was Taylor Swift's love story, which is a Romeo and Juliet. And oh, I was listening to it, and spoiler, if you've never listened to that song, which is old, um, at the end, she changes the ending where Romeo, like, mans up and goes and asks the father and says, I, I want to marry her, I don't care. And like, and then they, that's what that's the ending. They get married. It's happy. And I was just like, God damn it. I like happy endings. I like Romeo and Juliet. Taylor Swift wrote a goddamn good song. Is this, I, <laughs> is this the origin story of you liking Tay-Tay? It's it's the seed. Um, it didn't really like begin to develop, but like that was like kind of like one of my entries towards pop. Like, okay, maybe not all pop is so bad. Maybe and then and I will say this: like, there's a lot of pop that I really like 
that has narrative, has story. Taylor Swift's a good one. It's like she writes her own stuff. She's, um, you know, like she she's excellent. She'll tell a story through the course of her albums. And I really like that. And I really appreciate that as I got older. Now there's also trash pop. Um, bubblegum pop trash... is what we usually called it, like bubblegum. Okay, where it's just I, like I I've heard that term, but like I I call it trash because like the lyrics mean nothing. I'm just listening to the beat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, my favorite of that is um. I think it's it's Demi Lovato. Uh, never like it's like sun stars moon collide or whatever. I forget what the title of it is, but like that song comes on and I just jam to it and I'll turn it up. I don't care what the words are. This, I just enjoy the beat. See, see what you're talking about here with this like literary thing. This was my huge hang up growing up as like someone who liked music. The music had to mean something or I hated it. Like I couldn't listen oh, okay. to music without meaning. Why did I love Tool? Because I was a pretentious asshole who liked that Maynard didn't put the lyrics in, un- like, Undertow, still, yeah. like, freaking slaps, like, why oh. don't you watch what you want around, like, that That whole thing's got, like, it's kind of, it's when Tool is still kind of funky, it's so good, but, like, he didn't put the lyrics in the book, and, like, his whole thing was, I don't put the lyrics in the book because I want you to listen to my music first and interpret it for yourself, and I'm like... That's the coolest shit ever, and I was just a pretentious asshole. That was the moment I became a pretentious asshole about music. So, here, here's a little anecdote. Not obviously not this year, but last year at going down to Nova Open. I'm gonna give a shout out to my friend uh, Sean Brush for Hire. Go, he's Brush for Hire Twitch I, TV. I auto host. Great him. guy. Yeah, yeah, I auto host yep. him out here on Twitch. Oh, nice. Um, we were driving down together. I was driving, and he knows I like pop. I was like, "What music do you want on the on the drive down?" Because you know it's a three and a half hour drive for us. So like, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna just be like, "Here, deal with my crap." Um, and he's like, "Hey, can you put on the new tool tool songs? The new tool album's coming out. And there's a ten minute song." And like, he, he gave me a bunch of other recommendations. And like, I I can appreciate all types of music, and I'll listen to it and I'll enjoy it. For some reason, that ten minute tool song that they released to show off their album, I was five minutes in and I just turned it off. And I was just like, I cannot listen to that ever. Mm. I'm like, this is doing absolutely nothing for me. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, when we get there, if you, you want to listen you, to it in the car on your own, that's fine. But, like... You you like, don't want to hear the Fibonacci was, sequence, at, at, like, made into a song? Because that's what that is. Get to a fucking point. <laughs> get to a fucking point. All right? Sure, we're in this car for another hour and a half, and it's only a ten-minute song, but I don't have time for you. <laughs> Um, real quick here, uh, Furious Bumble Goose, this is off topic, but hey, Chat Gang, you are the show within the show, so here we go. Uh, any of you guys thinking of submitting, uh, to the Black Library submissions window? Yes. Uh, I want to write a vampire scary story. Or a werewolf one. Uh. Right within the realm of my daughter's a cane, but I'm trying to think of the, what I want to write. I had an idea for the last one, I just didn't commit to it. I'm going to try and commit to this one, and, and I, I know it's not going to go well, it's my first time doing it, but, like, I just want to go through the process, even to, like, this very entry level. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's really cool what Black Library is doing there. That's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, back to like music. Like like I was talking about like I, I I was such a snob about music. I remember like needing it to have like organic instruments. Um, what actually helped me get over this, by the way, is video game music. Uh, like because like yeah. if it doesn't have organic instruments in it, like you know go go to hell. I mean, I still he- give huge props to like Outkast and Dr. Dre because uh, <laughs> fantastic at on the production side of music. But they also blend, like, synth with, like, uh, synth and, like, you know, sort of produced music and sample beats and stuff like that yep. with organic with organic music and instruments. And I'm like, this is this is peak music. This is when music is at its height is when I, we're, we're using robots and humans together. You're right. 
I'll say that too. Like, and we'll get to it a little bit as we break down the albums a little bit. I love a good mixing of genres. Yes, it can go really bad. It can go really, really bad. But like, yes. if you hit it right, uh, you can Fred like, Durst yeah. it, right? Like, you can Fred Durst it and just be like the the two but, worst uh, for... sides of rock and roll and rap, and just like smash them but together. It's... <laughs> yeah, but but as 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 much of a Limp Biscuit fan as I was at the time, that's not going to last. Right. To my yeah, to like me. like it like it'll still be there, but it's not going to be what he's known for yeah i i he's actually a really good producer though like he really is like mm-hmm. i mean i make fun of him a bunch but like but like fred durst like if you re- look i was looking through some like some really really popular albums at one point I'm like fred durst produced this like even yeah. like stained and i know that like stained got played out and stuff like that uh but like there was a time when like stained was like peak music uh i love cold by the way i think he had a hand in cold as well um i love cold cold is like was for me cold was the last good true grunge brand grunge band mm-hmm. but uh but i digress on that um roland was fine <laughs> roland was fine like the the, the the closest thing i got the grunge was andrew wk oh andrew wk is just a character but this is, this is the him. thing this is the thing i didn't have going for me when i was in at that age when pop music was really really taking over you know when i, I was getting into music it was grunge you know, and grunge yeah. had reshaped reality for music that got played on the radio. On on the 102, I think it was 1021 Kiss FM in uh, and in Winona, out of Lacrosse by way of Lacrosse, which is a, it was the alternative rock station. They played Radiohead, uh, the president, the United, uh, the presidents of the United States of America. Like they played uh, uh, like and the funky old stuff too, like like the really right. cool, like not just lump. They're like kind of radio hit. They played like little dune buggy, and like some really cool stuff. Like they were the they were like the weird sort of like radio rebels that played like a lot, like this whole wide range. But they couldn't have done that if it weren't for grunge coming and just punching pop music. Because we were talking about country here a little bit. Country music for the bulk of sort of radio history was pop music. Which is which is what you need to like yeah, kind of yeah. when you realize that like Woody Guthrie. Hey, honestly, just um, just go just go to like a Wikipedia page on pop music, and you'll go back and be like, "What was pop?" And it's like, pop pop is literally just like, what was the big thing? Like, what was you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't necessarily pop as much genre driven right? as it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like now, now there's a theme to it. Like, it, it's its own true genre. Like, but it'll, it, right. it's it's also too like you'll notice like as we said here like pop will also take a lot more influences because it influenced everything. Right. To a to a point to a point I don't want to global. I mean, up. Big, I mean that's a big broad brush. Like, but like pop rock is also like pop rock in the eighties is when like eighties pop rock was like a huge huge thing. And I'm going to talk about Madonna a lot when we we start talking about Miley Cyrus here. Um, disco Miley or uh, um, Madonna had essentially her big in the early eighties her claim to fame was essentially taking, like, disco and making it, like, somehow appeal to the young crowd. Because, like, disco was starting to age out in the 80s, right? Um, We've all seen Detroit Rock City. Like, disco sucks. Um, Great flick. (laughs) Uh, One of those, like, fantastic date movies when I was, like, a teenager. Uh, But, like... uh, Almost famous is another one. Uh, the but like you had that 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 era where like pop just kind of like takes stuff and kind of crunches it to like and blends it to become popular. And for a while, like I really kind of turned my nose down at that. Uh, the band that did it for me, by the way, was Maroon Five. Um, oh yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, Maroon 5, like, we're talking circa 2002, because, and, and what it was in the end that won me over to pop music was humor, and the humor of Maroon 5, and I don't, I haven't really liked most of the, the, the later stuff, because he just never gets out of his falsetto, and, like, I can't handle it. <laughs> Listen, have you seen those abs? He's, right. he's astonishing, okay? Like, he is a specimen of a man, but, like... He can sing whatever he wants to me. I'm fine. It's good. Just yeah. keep going, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it was it was Maroon 5, like, the original... Like, kind of that, that like, that... Like, this love hell make him Like, I'm like, he's playing his own instruments, writing his own songs, and doing it because he wants to get laid. <laughs> I'm like, that's the most honest pop music has ever been i'm like that's the most honest pop music and that like sold me on it and i'm like i'm in like i can listen to pop now and um i had this period where when i was really really young i loved i i liked rap a lot and rap and hip-hop but then like when i got put into my click i had to stop listening to rap and uh it's the big it's like kind of horribly regrettable because now i've no, no, I'm happy with how my journey ended because then I went back in time and then I listened up through rap and I'm like caught up and I, I love rap you music. Kept, about you, it. you Captain America it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, postmodern I, I guess, sold me on, on uh, pop music. I guess we should say too for the... Uh, do you still do this as a podcast as well? Do you release this yeah, as a podcast? Yeah, it'll, it'll be on a podcast. Okay. So real quick, just for everybody at home as well as the uh, audio listeners in the future, um, all the albums we're going to talk about can be found on Spotify for Miley Cyrus. Uh, and with exception of the Backyard Sessions and then the couple of the uh, covers that we talk about, which can be found on YouTube just by searching Miley Cyrus Backyard Sessions. So it's all there. I do have links in my notes um, if you want to copy and paste them into the chat as we go along. Yeah, if I, you have anyone wants to listen at home, go, go right ahead. So, so I made this really easy for folks. Uh, I just shared the uh, Discord link. Um, if you hop into Discord uh, and you're in the general chat there, uh, every album we're going to talk about, the link to Spotify is in chronological order there. So if you scroll up a little bit, because some folks have been chatting in Discord, uh, it's going to begin in, in 2K7, 2007, with what's what's her breakout, breakout. album? Breakout is her breakout, breakout album. <laughs> little on the nose, but I get you. We uh, are re- real quick. We are we are skipping Hannah Montana except for one song. Okay, thank you, thank you, and that's that's a me thing, right? That's that's for you. That's okay, for you. Thank you. Um, Furious Bumblegoose says, "I'm thinking Beast of Chaos." This is back to the the writing thing. Uh, want them uh, to feature in a story where they are genuinely scary. I love this idea. Like you, you if you if you got some like American monster sensibilities, Beast of Chaos as like. There's this point where like we kind of need to like divorce ourselves from points and like trying to have armies be equal and yada 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 that happens in Age of Sigmar as when we look at it through the competitive lens as we so often do um but to like boil down armies to like the coreness of the badassery they're supposed to present Catacros gets killed by a gorgon and as it's delivered in his narrative it's not that he jobs to a 160 point model it's that he is killed by one of the most terrifying primal things in the universe Right. Think of it. You, you have to, This is where 40k succeeds. Like, you can have a novel about a sh- like a, a massive space station that's in trouble, and they call for help, and one space marine shows up, and they're just like, "What are you gonna do?" And he fixes everything. All the space marine games, like a space marine, should be able to take on like a couple thousand orcs and probably figure it out with like five five other you know like imperial guard with him. We need to get that mindset in Age of Sigmar for sure. Yes. Like. 
Yeah, well, that's in Soulbound just this last week. Um, uh, here we go, self-hype. I, uh, Chuck Moore, along with Warhammer Weekly and Haywo, uh, join me every Friday live on Twitch at 9 p.m. Eastern or uh, 8 p.m. Central. 10 p.m. Eastern. 10 p.m. Eastern. 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central um, to do Soulbound. One of the struggles, it was just such a light struggle, but like I felt the immediate like sort of recoil when I tried to point out that like you had like liberators with you essentially like generic and like no 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 like each individual storm cast is is a superman you have yeah. five supermans with you right now <laughs> and uh soulbound does a decent job of like making them better than you and just saying you have to deal with this but you still sense that like we all play age of sigmar and just kind of like leaning back in a way like oh Stormcast aren't that impressive i think someone asked like are they liberators or something useful yeah yeah, exactly. I'm just like, and like I the the eye roll. I hope people could feel through the camera. Yeah. When like I rolled my eyes dramatically because it's just like a, a, a liberator before he died and became a liberator has done more than all of us combined will ever do in our lives as far as leading and uniting and being heroic, most likely. Uh, I mean, like a single liberator is Joan of Arc, right? Like yeah, a single yeah. liberator is George Washington. Like it, it, come on! Like you, you, ah, ah, ah! But now I'm interrupting our Miley Cyrus talk with Age of Sigmar. <laughs> the the point is get that uh, out of here. The point is, uh, uh, Bumble Goose. I think it's a fantastic idea to be to, to do Beast of Chaos, and I think that they they really will work well, uh, in a in a narrative sense for for like a like a especially like a monster like a Jason Voorhees style or or like a Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men style, just like unstoppable evil force. Just as a side note, there's a really old Black Library novel, really old. Um, you probably can't find it anymore, but you might be able to find it online, like, dealing it. Um, it's called The Wine of Dreams, but it has... Be, and it's definitely old old fantasy but it has beast of chaos as the main evil scary terrifying enemy so go look it up however means necessary right right yeah and gorgons it up here and in, in the library of my mind will always be the supreme badass as they deserve to be um like we're talking like like i in the the, the head canon that i've developed if you're a generic uh keeper of secrets uh a gorgon is a fair fight, you know? Like, and there's some me legendary mythic Gorgon that could break two Keepers of Secrets over its knees, alike so. Um, and for those of you in pure audio, I did the alike so gesture. <laughs> uh, Minimum Pants says it's well established in Pants Mafia lore that George Washington brought Geminids to every battle. Makes sense. Yeah, no, legit. I... <laughs> um, so... Uh, so, so Miley Cyrus, uh, uh, as you mentioned, like we're gonna only be covering essentially Miley Cyrus. Um, yes. Uh, with the exception of like a single song that we'll kind of like we'll talk about, and we'll talk about that for well, a very specific reason to my channel here. Go ahead. Right, and we'll do that. We'll do that at the very end. We're gonna save the the one Hannah Montana for the very end. Because it, it was like she, it it was part of the Hannah Montana movie, wasn't it? I believe one so. of them. I believe so. so, yeah, so when I was doing my cursory research. Uh, as Hannah Montana, she only really uh, billboarded with soundtracks and singles. Yeah, there was, there was one like it, like I said the um, the soundtrack to the movie was her first real I guess you could say album, mm -hmm. and it was 
uh, Hannah, Mont- or Hannah Montana, I don't know, two or whatever. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's not important it, for the purpose of this discussion. Yeah. If they were important to her, she would probably just sing them again and it'd be great. Do you want to stick with uh, Do you want to stick with the genesis of you getting into pop music, or do we want to sh- shift gears into completely Miley Cyrus right now? We can go right into Miley Cyrus. All That's right. fine. All right. So point is, at some point, like you got into pop music. I too got into pop music, though. I got into it. It, it took me a while to really truly admit it, and then I went kind of back and I, I started enjoying it. Now I need to to state for purposes of, of of Miley Cyrus, or maybe I'll tell everybody where I I I warmed up to Miley Cyrus as we go through this chronologically. I think that's important. I'll do it that way. Because for me, pop music isn't something I seek out. Um, and I think that's the big distinguish between how I consume music now because I'm I'm very personally eclectic. I, I, I listen to everything these days with the exception of pop country because it's garbage. Um, pop music is very hit or miss because you, you get the, the fun pop music where it's like, okay, this is fun. Like, that's... Party in the USA. It's such a fun song. If you don't like it, I yep. don't know who you are. You know, that's that's. it's just yep. fun. It doesn't even matter. It's just a fun song. So there's fun pop. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's pop that kind of pushes the boundaries of e- what even is pop music or subverts people, which is what the WAP song is right now, which I just, ah, delicious. What a fantastic tune. I have for did you have to have such a wet smacking lip oh, noise I with did. it? I did. It was it was it, this is for verisimilitude. You can't not. This is for verisimilitude. It's uh I Cardi B was a nobody to me, and this is what I'm talking about. Like I don't seek out pop music. Pop music has to seek me out. Um but like when this song hit, it's for just it's just been like one whole week of me watching squares get triggered and clutch their pearls. It's amazing. I'm so happy. I've never had more enjoyment from a pop song. Like, just, just, and not even listening to it. Just watching people on the internet get mad. I've, I, it's amazing. This is why I know she has won. <laughs> like, she has won. It's the Pope uh, boycotting Madonna for and Pepsi all over again in, like, circa 1991 or whatever. Amazing. Amazing. I guess uh, we will give the distinction for me. Like, I, I enjoy many types of music, and I, I will put on lots of things. It's just my default is always pop, because that's what that's what matches my vibration in this world. Oh, okay, I like this take. Mm-hmm. My default setting's still in my rock axiom. You know, like, yeah. I, just, like I, I still default to listening to, like, uh, you know, whatever flavor. Today I was listening to uh, Nine Inch Nails at the beginning of the day, and I ended mm-hmm. it on, uh, on listening to... Uh, uh, Foxing, which is a really cool kind of like pseudo indie uh, experimental band, uh, really kind of yeah. remind me a little bit of like Radiohead, but like mm. with this just amazingly like shrill falsetto that defies logic of human vocals. The way he's able to deliberately crack his voice and maintain all of the gravitas of like it's 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 in, it's insane. His voice is insane. It's you have to enjoy a good falsetto because he's always singing in, in, in that upper register through his is it, nose. Is it like, um, like Freddie Mercury style of scale? Not not style, but no, scale. No, 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 no. This is a okay. this is a whole uni- unique scale. So when you're falsetto, okay. usually you're pois- you're pushing the. So I was in choir, and I, I have a lot of musical training and stuff like that. When you falsetto, you're usually pushing the music essentially, or you're pushing. Oftentimes, you're pushing from your diaphragm when you sing. You're opening up and blah blah blah. When you falsetto, you're kind of pinching your vocal cords and forcing the sound up higher toward like your nasal 
passages and so you get this like really sort of pinched off but it allows you to hit higher notes that you normally can't hit um and uh what he does is he manages to falsetto and also crack his voice and crack your voice in is when you get that sort of pinched off you know this is the death metal thing so he falsettos and he cracks his voice and then he's singing from his chest the whole time it's i don't know how he sings like this i don't know but it's i can see it annoying people because some people just don't 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 enjoy a falsetto you know, it's because it's it, it's it's pitchy. It's a very pitchy. Song. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I ended the day on the foxing. So I was in I was in my rock axiom today. But when RTJ four dropped, I listened to that album and hip hop for a month solid. RTJ run the jewels, of course. Uh, my mm-hmm. uh, second favorite uh, hip hop rap group. Hip hop is different so I, from I, rap, but I've been staying mostly in the Miley mindset till the show came out. I but on my drive home, I wanted a little like little refresher so i uh i put in a good general mix but a lot of what i had was uh panic at the disco was really rocking for me today uh which which version uh original iteration or this this weird new iteration where uh where i I like i like a little bit of both i haven't explored them in depth i've explored songs i like with them so some of it's new some of it's old um uh one of my favorites will always be let's kill tonight from them Mm. but this is not the panic at the disco episode this is uh, the Miley Cyrus episode. I so just, it all begins back with Achy Breaky Heart. <laughs> Should we go there? Should we go there? So, no, I mean, I think it's important because I Miley Cyrus is the inverse of Bob and Jacob Dylan. Like, I, Bob Dylan, everyone knows who Bob Dylan is. Jacob mm-hmm. Dylan is, uh, is the Wallflowers lead singer, the... Son of Bob Dylan. He only ever achieved pop rock success, like, kind of nominally, and is a competent pop musician, but, like, he is not Bob Dylan. And he had to live his entire life in the shadow of who will probably go down as lyrically the greatest musician of all time. The man's won the Pulitzer Prize for for his lyrics, which is just unheard of. Right. Like they they shifted the 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 rules of the Pulitzer Prize shifted for and considered him poetry, which is actually why I love music because uh, I I writer poet you talk we talked about the literary yeah. sense of music earlier. Um, for me, poetry is dead in its traditional sense. It moved into music. That's where poetry lives now, like in music. Yeah. That's Sonnets, um, all that sort of stuff. Yep. So uh, and Jacob Dylan is just like. I'm sorry, man. I like you. One headlights is it, like it's a slapper. Like it's see, I like it's it's the thing. Like you say, you said Jacob Dylan. I'm just like I don't recognize who it is. You said Wallflowers. I'm like I know who that is. Yeah, yeah. You, you say Bob Dylan. I know who Bob Dylan is. Right, <laughs> right. And and so you have Achy Breaky Heart, which is of course uh, uh, Miley's dad, Billy Ray. Billy Ray, Billy Ray Cyrus. And that's it. Apart from Old Town Road, but we really need to make the distinction that he did not. Right, Old Town Road. That was Lil Nas X. Lil Nas right. X made this song. Probably because he's friends Cy- with Miley. And said, "Hey, can I have your dad?" Billy Ray Cyrus <laughs> is just like, "Cool, I'll help out." And like, honestly, I liked his timber in it. Like, because he's like, he's oh, not, yeah. he's in that. Well, he's got that real good twang going. Like, actually, if you listen, to it, like, I think Billy, like he's really like. I think, I think Billy Ray's done a fair amount of like guest stuff like that which he really excels at because he just puts on i think his more natural singing voice 
Because he's like, I, this, this isn't about me, and I think it works really well for well, him. Well, because in the 90s, he's very much in the 90s mode, which is when 90s country is both the best era and worst era for country music, because you had, like, yeah. you had Garth Brooks, right? Like, yep. you cannot deny the, like, Garth Brooks is probably, it's it's Billy, it, it's, uh, it's Johnny Cash, and Garth Brooks are probably like the icons of Dolly Parton and Patsy Cline. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it's just, but like, so you know, but the '90s is like it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It's the two tower or yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah, the two cities. And that's one. That's when like the country kind of split. Because mm-hmm. like now we have the pop country, which like it's it's ninety nine percent hot garbage. It's just '80s <laughs> rock. Worse. It's just worse '80s rock is all it is, and it's like, oh man. Yeah. Like, you went back in time to sound worse, whereas, like, country was kind of, like, progressing and pushing, and that's when you got your, right. like, Garth Brooks, where he kept kind of pushing what, what even country was, and then other country kind of regressed and recoiled and pulled back, um, you mm-hmm. know, like... Right. So, if you're if you're listening along, make sure you go... Make, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was say, if you're listening along, make sure you go and uh, listen to Achy Breaky Heart before you do anything else. Go ahead. We'll wait. Just pause it. We'll wait. All right. All right, welcome back. So uh, yep. now that you've heard that atrocity, that horrible, <laughs> horrible song, uh, I'm going to f- uh, kind of finish off explaining uh, uh, the Miley Cyrus and Bob Dylan take. Miley Cyrus is the one that casts the shadow. Unlike Jacob Dylan, who's a who the hell is Jacob Dylan? Like, you wouldn't know if Miley Cyrus didn't currently exist right now. Uh, like... Billy Ray Cyrus fades with time. Would be forgotten. He'd be forgotten. Utterly forgotten. Yep. As a a that one '90s blah song, '90s country song, and then just that inexplicably top, uh, top charts because it was just. I guess old people really liked playing it at weddings. I don't know why. Even at the <laughs> time, I'm like. I was at some weddings and there was old people and they played it. I yeah, can confirm. And then, yep. Yeah. I I, I don't know. And, like, I can't even... There are songs that are terrible and I can listen to them for the novelty of it. I can't do that with this song. It is objectively a bad song. It's made to be line-danced to. It's the worst thing. (laughs) So now that you've listened to it and found out it's the worst thing, we have Miley. Um, And Miley... Uh, I'll let you go ahead and, and, and kind of. No, so she obviously she does Hannah Montana. Uh, her dad is in it. It's a TV show for Disney. They make her sing stuff. Whatever. Moving on. Um, we'll get back to the one so, song for Mr. Meth later. So, so from that the, time. The, the Hannah Montana, and, and this is from my own research because again, pop music mm-hmm. comes to me, and and I didn't find Miley Cyrus until like later on. I had no idea the Hannah Montana. I'm not the demographic for Hannah Montana. I'm older. Uh, like I, you know, I wasn't watching. I was. I don't watch the Disney yeah. Channel. Molly uh, is mad at me because we. She wanted to watch Hannah Montana to prepare me for this, and I didn't know. Um, <laughs> but here we are. Um, so Hannah Montana, just real quick, ran 2006 to 2011 with like some a couple movies, kind of uh, sort of drip feeding out in the, in the tail end. She actually transitions to being Miley Cyrus. Part of the way while Hannah Montana is still in It's about being a pop star, but hide, like with a false identity. Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana is the false identity. So it's like there, there is like a story. I didn't watch it either, but like, you know, reading a quick Wikipedia page, you kind of like, okay, there's a nice little play on things here. 
Um, but in 2007, uh, Miley did Breakout, which is her first true Miley Cyrus now, album. Now, Wikipedia cites it as 2008, but Spotify says Spotify. All my dates, yeah, all my dates are Spotify because that's where I listen to it. So, um, so yeah, uh, I guess I'll do the overall well, bit of it. Just a real quick, Miley Cyrus is actually born, um, was actually born um, Destiny Hope Cyrus. She legally changed her name in 2008 to Miley Ray. Good homage to her dad, Cyrus. So, like, she she officially became Miley Cyrus. And the the joke goes that her dad used to call her Smiley, and then, like, that got abbreviated to Miley. And that's... So her nickname was always Miley. Okay. I did not know that. Nice little trivia. Yep. That's why I'm here. (laughs) um, She does some music. Uh, Listen to a few things. Cool. We'll see you guys later, right? That's all we needed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you got some trivia. Peace out. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, my overall feeling on Breakout, and like, I said, and just just for everyone listening at home, if you're not looking at my notes, I listened to every single song in every one of these albums, whether I liked it or not. Um, didn't hate my life doing it, um, and I put little notes on each and every song, uh, and then I did a little overall. So I, I like that this this was like uh, I mean this was academia, and this is this well, was, this is this, this is. This is order of the song on an album, because I'm used to whenever an artist puts on an album and chooses the order of their songs, they're doing the order of the songs for a reason. This is a lost art for me. But yeah, go on. Okay. Um, so overall, I think this album definitely shows off her ability to exist within pop music sphere, but there's a lack of narrative in this album, and it feels safe. And being her first first album, I think it's a lot of the fact that probably you know she wasn't writing anything for herself. Probably not. So it's like whatever was catchy and like her not being like a big star at the time outside of like that small little Hannah Montana circle, which I, I, I don't know how big that was exactly, but like she it probably was, wasn't it was the no, best. It was notable. Like it was notable. Like, okay. That's why okay. that's why this worked from for my take. Like they okay. to, to to make. But I doubt she's she, I, I, I say I doubt she was going to be getting the best songs available to a pop singer based upon the writers at the time. Right. Right, so she's going to get like the B, B tier. It's important to note, like what you say there is like super important. If you understand like pop music, you have like uh, pop musicians, like there's essentially producers, record labels, and like songwriters that write the songs, and they pair the song to the pop musician under their label that they think will work for it. Um, mm-hmm. What the heck's his name? She- Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. Ed um, Sheeran. The the song that was the song of the year for that year that he had. Castle on the Hill. No, it's the cl- like the the club clubby one, but it's not a clubby one anymore. Oh my god! Uh, my favorite, my favorite of his is the uh, he did, he did an old redid an old Irish song, uh, Galloway Girl. He did it like a modern take. That was my favorite song of his. Club ain't the blessed place to blah 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 like baby like. Oh yeah 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 okay. Yeah, it's is it like, love with the sh- shape of you, right? Yeah, shape of you was a song that he had written, and it was originally supposed to go to like whoever the the, the hot couple at the time was, like I don't know, like Ja Rule and uh, like yeah. Beyonce or something like that, whatever it was. Um, but the record label saw that like hip hop was on a downtick, and that like white guys with the guitar because John Mayer was on an uptick, so it said Ed Sheeran, why don't you play the song instead? Like, so you get to keep your own song and play it. And 
skyrockets to stardom. Like the pop industry, pop music, I can see how people get jaded. And it actually reminds me an awful lot of like the pro wrestling circuit. Like, especially on the WWE side of things, where like you develop gimmicks and stuff, but if Vince doesn't like your gimmick, he either says, no, go back to the drawing board, or if he likes your gimmick but he doesn't like you with it, he'll give your gimmick to somebody else. Like, or like he'll give you a gimmick that thinks will work, and that's why we get some of the really really bad gimmicks of of the the 90s especially right but like uh but if you look at the people that like i said that's no reason why i like taylor swift she just writes her own stuff so it's like it's always her whereas like listening to a lot of other pop stars you can sometimes hear when they're singing this because they have to right right and britney spears is is what like the greatest victim of this i think in modern memory in modern memory um, like, uh, what would, would she be? Con- I mean, nineties. I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, like there's Madonna before her and all that, but like, but Madonna didn't quite there, fall but... into that trap. Madonna maintained a lot of clout throughout her her career, which is where Madonna's a little bit different from some of the other the modern pop stars. In the early early eighties, you had the very discoy Madonna, but very specifically, yeah. she dissented with the producer um, on the tail end of like sort of her debut album, and she was able to kind of like. I don't know how she managed to throw her weight around to like get a different producer and be able to like she she hated the final cut of the album she hated it they kind of went back and like redid it and she right. even though she was a relative like unknown because she, her singles had tapped that market that the record label wanted which was that like take disco music and get the mall kids take right. take disco music to the mall kids she she had them and they're like okay we kind of got to listen to her because without Madonna this doesn't work because this puzzle. We can't solve this without her. So, so she, uh, well, but, yeah. yeah. So, like, back to the the album breakout. So, like, the the first song is self titled. You know, is the titled track breakout. It's not the best title song I've ever heard. It's a song. It wasn't bad. It's not what I'm going to remember this album for. So the, entirely, like you said, this is very much breakout. Is I mean, she's getting the B tier, C tier uh, tunes. You know, the Ed mm-hmm. Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's good songs are going to somebody else, and like she's getting like yep. his his like one that he left on his coffee table. Now, what's interesting right. about this is, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. After you. Uh, what's interesting about this is like sometimes the producers are way wrong, and the record labels are way wrong, and the best songs mm-hmm. are the ones that like the writer is saving for themselves, or like the you, one that gets rejected twice. You mean you mean the rich people? People making their Sonic movie originally didn't know we wanted a Sonic that didn't look like hot garbage. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Perfect example. Look at look at Hollywood. That trash fire. That's Hollywood. Oh, but music, um, but music predates it and is trashier. That's why we can't play these on Twitch right now for you, um, because I will get sued. Rather, Twitch will get sued. Yes, Twitch will get sued. But anyway, moving on. Um, so there's next couple songs: Seven Things, Driveway. Uh, yeah, so they're they're good. They're pretty classic pop. They're they're pretty safe. Like I said, it's gonna be the theme of this album. And then we get to girls just want to have fun, which is when I wake up on this album, because the one thing Miley Cyrus always 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 does is cover a song and fucking crush it. I like the uh, every the single dis- time. I, I yeah, every cover at, from that I've listened to. She takes it and she's like, "I'm gonna put myself in this, and it's better." That, that's all I can say. 
I don't want to get I don't want to give away like one of the big teases at the end, but this is a we will this is a this is true. I've I haven't found it's a bad theme. Miley Cyrus cover. I haven't found a bad one. And there yeah. is one where my eyes like lit up and I'm like the to- you have received the torch. <laughs> like, you know, like type moment. Yeah. Um in the way yeah. like purple purple haze for like I think I know which I, you know. Yeah. I think I know which one you're talking about too, yeah. Yeah, in the way that like purple haze or all along the watchtowers, I'm sorry, for uh, Hendrix, and, like, you know, this is uh, Dylan, I believe, uh, to bring it back, like, this is a Dylan tune, Han- like, like Hendrix has arrived, because you mm-hmm. don't know it's a Dylan song unless you look into it, right? Right. Like, it, right. So. And, like I said, like I said, so that, girls just want to have fun, her cover, that's when I wake up on this album. That's when I'm just like, alright, alright, we're going, and then, obviously, continues, there's another song, Full Circle, completely forgettable. I cannot remember this, the beat of it. I, granted, I listened to it a while ago at this point, but, like, doesn't stick with me. And then we get into what I think is probably the strongest um, song on here that's not a cover, mm-hmm. which is Fly on the Wall. I, I consider this one for her a banger. I would love to see her redo it now. See, I would love to see her redo it now. So this is the, this is a song I listened to because uh, I wasn't going to put in all the work that you did. Um, this is the one I listened to, and my note here is kind of slaps. Like, yeah. um... But upon sort of discussing with you now, this song has like a theme about like paparazzi and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I I didn't look up the credits on who wrote this one, but it's possible that this is Miley, or at least Miley talking with the producer to get a song in there about how she feels because this album comes out two thousand seven. She's still Hannah Montana at this point, and this right. song is all about like essentially the paparazzi being in her business, wanting to be a fly on the wall and. So on and so forth. I'm like, there's this song is the personal one off this album. It is my read, which is why it's the best album off this or the best song of this, off this album. Right. I, I think if it had a better title, it could have been the title track. That makes. And it should have been. Um, but, but is what it is. Uh, continuing on. There's bottom of the ocean. It's all right. It's a little catchy. Wake up America. Also catchy. You're not gonna really remember it. Uh, these four walls. It was the next one that really like hit me. Uh, it gives you some good feels. Okay. Um, pretty, pretty classic high school feels, I guess you could say. <laughs> like, if you want to throw yourself back to there. All right. Um, followed up, and that's followed up by a song, a uh, simple song, which I really like. The, the whole time listening to this, it's like whenever you, it's like whenever you have a friend and you see potential in them, and they just just aren't quite clicking yet to get where you think where you know they they belong. Yeah. That's what this song is to me. It's full of potential. Mm. There's so many times where I'm just like, ah, no, no. It's like. It, it wants to, and it, it, you know, it could be reworked, but like, it's still, we're still on the B tier for most of these songs, to be honest. Right. Um, then there's a song called Goodbye. Not the best on the album. Probably one of the worst on the album, as far as the songs go for me. Uh, and then there's See You Again, which, uh, obviously, <laughs> is fantastic. Um, like I said, it, it's is this, I, I, is this I, a based off of a, a Babyface's tune? Uh, I tell you, I don't I don't know. Um, it's you again? that one. No, no uh, right. maybe. Like I said, there, there's moments where I get I'm like, like did someone else write this? Did I hear this before? Um, like I said, and this one also competes for being best album on the track. This is. If Miley did no other songs, this one probably would have ended up as uh, her one-hit wonder. If she did nothing else, if everything else flopped and she just disappeared, this would this would be a one-hit wonder type song. Um, 
It's actually one I don't want to see her redo again because I like the way she sang it originally, which is like that classic teenage pop style. Okay. I, I linked it to, I linked it to you in our in our call chat if you want to share it out specifically. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Soren here uh, would like to remind everyone for a thousand RDP that chat gang ain't none to fuck with, um, which is of course reference to my favorite rap uh, group, which is Wu Tang, Wu Tang Clan. Uh, second favorite being Run the Jewels, and my favorite hip hop group. If you didn't know and you wanted to follow along up until now, because rap and hip hop are different, is Outkast. <laughs> so uh yeah breakout uh see you again fly on the wall bombs over and, baghdad uh, i'm sorry bombs over Baghdad. Uh, you can okay, pause right. it again you get can pause it, it again get it out go listen get to bombs out. over baghdad right now and if you are not Wait. a believer in 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 hip-hop after that tune like just uh like unlike unsubscribed all to everything that that song's amazing and poignant to the politics of the time amazing Sorry. No one's no one's gonna disagree with you on this call, and I can't see chat gang. So if they're disagreeing, I can't. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm immune to you, chat gang. You can't touch me right here. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, we we'll see you again. Uh, yep. See you again. Fly on the wall, and uh, 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 girls just want to have fun. So those are gonna be the three things I remember from this album. So so that's that's kind of like uh, I, you've got your your notes here. I'm kind of reading through them, and 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 if you're in chat gang, you can see them. Um, I'm getting that you see a couple sparks of potential, but ultimately forgettable. Yeah. And we don't know about her cover powers just yet. You go, hey, that's a song I like, and she covered it admirably. She did well. I didn't hate it. You know, this is like um, um, you know, I I had mixed feelings about the cover of Landslide by uh, the Dixie Chicks. I'm just like, mmm. Mm. But I heard them do it live, and I loved it. I just hated the studio version. Yeah. The studio oh, version. Oh, actually, go ahead. Let me let me let me insert this too. Um, Miley is a great live artist. Yes, because she's bold. She she knows her stuff, and whenever she's live, she's gonna do her. She's gonna take it somewhere else. She's not just gonna sing what she sings. She's gonna she's gonna change it and adapt it and make you feel based like. She's a great live artist. Well, Lady Gaga's in the same category. Like there, th this is this the difference between a a singer or a musician and a performer. Um, yeah. I think Miley Cyrus is a performer to the T. In fact, like I'd say she's a, mo a better performer probably at this stage than she is a a musician. And I, I think that's yeah. I that's think my fair. read. That's my read at this point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, are you ready to move on to the next album? Do you got yeah. some more? Uh, no, notes no. On breakout? Uh, uh, your just overall thoughts. You say shows off her ability to exist uh, mm -hmm. in the pop music sphere, but the album does lack a narrative and overall feels safe. And that's what pop music is going to be, especially if you're getting right. the, the B hits. They're trying to, at this point, the studios are trying to parlay her from a Disney commodity because Disney stars age out. Like, Disney yeah. stars don't stay Disney stars. They. That's why there's so many CGI Disney things now, because Frozen is forever. Yeah. Because they don't have to age them. Yeah, yeah. Disney stars age out, um, and so they're trying to parlay her into music because pop stardom at this point in time. You know, Madonna again. I, my for me, Miley Cyrus is the modern Madonna. Like, or rather, at it, her, I think she's now gone beyond her just being the new Madonna thing because there's a lot of artists that I'm going to compare to I, a lot of artists I would compare to Madonna Cardi B I would compare to Madonna actually um, like as these these sort of uh, studio 
proteges that get enough clout somehow to push back against norms and subvert popular culture. Like that is there's awesome. very much times yeah, there's very much times too like with music. Um I find it like sometimes you have to separate the art from the artist to appreciate what they do. Like I do have Lady Gaga. Like like Love Road, I don't really like much of her new stuff anymore. I've kinda of like but like uh her as a person I've grown sour with based upon like things she's done and like choices she's made and like that sort of i won't get into that but like your music's still good whereas like miley and like taylor swift i like the whole package i like the artist and the art well like man Uh, i'm gonna bring it back to the rock sensibilities uh marilyn manson this is a performer not a musician like you you have to understand like um someone who's more the performer and musician would actually be trent reznor nine inch nails like, Trent Reznor mm-hmm. is Nine Inch Nails. Like, he just has a bunch of other guests in that duo, blah, blah, blah. But Nine Inch Nails is the performance. Trent Reznor is the musician. He actually held a Guinness Book World Record once upon a time for number of instruments played proficiently to, like, the level Guinness Book cared about. Like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, awesome. Like, Trent Reznor, like, but, like, he wasn't... He had the performance, which is Nine Inch Nails, like, the... You know, this is that's the image of like sort of kinder goth or pseudo goth that I channeled younger. Is like I, well, I love Nin and uh, the Av- the Adore album from the Smashing Pumpkins came out, and I'm like, I'm a goth now. Like, I'm like you know, like I was just I always like capes. Battle tendencies like, came out. You're like, okay, I, I like capes and swords and vampires. Like, and the color black hey. is the best color. Like, I'm a goth now. Um, <laughs> If we're if we're gonna be giving shout outs to just like artists throughout, let's let's make sure we get this out of the way now to the the biggest contribution to society in the probably near future is from ICP Insane Clown Posse. Oh, culturally speaking, I'm I am floored. Twenty twenty keeps blowing my mind. (laughs) Okay, they gave us the Juggalo makeup, which is proven to be a facial recognition recognition software breaker. If you wear Juggalo makeup, it cannot recognize the face of you or that's behind it. So, I'm giving them credit for the future. Whenever we see people walk around in Juggalo makeup to get past all the facial recognition yeah, technologies, yeah, it's Minority start... Report. Yeah, when it's like just Minority yeah. Report, and they're like, Hello. I mean, we'll pro- and they yes, like scan your face to like give you the advertisement. So, I, like I said, I'm going to give that credit out early. Yeah. I know it's not yeah. here yet, but it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, but I but I I think that this is. I wanted to like hammer on this like performer versus musician because I think at this point she's still a performer. She's a performer being yes. handed handed music and performing the songs. Now, I am not devaluing performers. That's why I had to bring up Marilyn Manson because that like music snob in me where songs need to mean something, need to be technically uh, they need to be technically proficient, they need to have organic instruments, that snob side of me that I I I still possess. Uh, it's just it's it's just diminished uh, significantly now. Um, used to discredit a lot of sort of performance music until you know Marilyn Manson. When I'm like I, as soon as I found out Marilyn Manson did it just to sell albums because he he went he said your parents will hate me and that's going to sell my albums, and I just went, mm-hmm. yep. For yep. the pop trajectory, this looks a little bit different. Alice Cooper did it before before Manson. Uh, Kiss did it before before Cooper like. Mm-hmm. This is not a new concept. The The idea of, like, performance to do the thing. And face it, you have live musicians, and then you have studio musicians. And right now, I think we're getting a lot more of the studio side of Miley. 
um, to the point, uh, well, shoot, what was I going to say? Um, she's put into the game, this music industry game right now, but she gets away from it. Right. Which is, which is, which is what makes you a lasting artist. Like, like everyone goes through it, like Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, they all go through it. Do you get away from it or not? Well, That's what's going to make you memorable or not. Well, Pink is is like has a weird inverted trajectory of this. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she was inserted to be counterculture, but the popular counterculture, so she was allowed to be like racier and you know like unpolished as like to corner that market of popular music that wanted the unpolished. That's why she's struggling. I th- I feel like in the tail end of her career because she started out as like the counterculture, and Britney Spears, which is I mean you got to talk about Britney. Britney Spears was the icon, the popular model that just 10 out of 10, everything studios wanted. But right. she could not do what Miley has done, which is right. break out of that that mold. She tried. Right. Britney tried but, very hard. And speaking of people that you love a person of... I was just going to say, speaking of people that like I love <laughs> now, Britney Spears is amazing. Follow her on Instagram. It's... She's, <laughs> oh, wait. Did she... Did you see when she almost burnt down her house? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I don't. She's just, she's just like working out in the gym, and she almost burns down her house. I'm like yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's performance art at this point. Like I think she's she's gone full Andy Kaufman. Like she's a little Maybe. bit crazy, Maybe. and she just knows it, and she's leaned into it because she can't break break out because her family's yeah. grips are still too strong, and the right. industry grip is still too strong. So she's just like, what if I just go into the performance art side of it and try to burn down my gym lifting weights? Yep. Like, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> 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 but, uh, alright, we'll, uh, we'll get back on track here. Yeah, right, Time right. of our so, 2008, second album by Miley. Right. Um, overall, uh, this is a much shorter album. Uh, and it, I think they, I, th- I saw the phrase called extended play. I have no idea what that means. Um, it, it to me, this is her beginning to start to be able to experiment with genres and to develop her own style. Like, what does she want to be? Like, she obviously wants to be in pop, but she also wants to do a little bit of her dad's country. She wants to, you know, try some other things out. It's still on the safer side, but I think this is more of like they. Her first album was a success. They said okay, and instead of telling her what she's going to sing for this one, they gave her like a bunch of things that she could kind of pick and play with it a little bit. That's uh, what this felt like. Extended play is an EP, by the way. Like this is this is that's what the that's the uh, the full full form of EP. So basically, okay. it's not quite a single, um, but it's not quite an LP yet. Yeah, like I said, it's I think this was like a forty-five minute album, so I was like, oh, it's over. Okay. Yeah. Um, it starts out a song called "Kicking and Screaming." Uh, definitely a hot start. I think for an album, uh, maybe a little too hot. Maybe it's, this should have been like the second or third, but uh, it's a heavier rock influence for her style of music from her last album, which was just you know pure pop. Uh, and then we're gonna. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, you, you got to keep in mind she's got the the country roots at this point. Country yes. is is essentially like weird rock, right? Like it's 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 rock that kind of stopped evolving. You know, like if, if I'm being mean to country, that's how I would characterize country because there's a lot of great country music early, but like. What is country right now? Like it, it doesn't have its own identity anymore. You swing it's with a twang. Country. You sing with a twang. Like ooh, like that's your defining feature. Okay, come on. Um, yeah. Like which it works as an insert into other genres really well. Yes, it does. Or or when you're you're doing for effect and and 
Uh, this isn't in the chronology where I, I start to notice. Um, actually, no, this is where, because you, so, so I listened to Fly on the Wall on the last album, and then I listened to Liberty Walk off of this one, and my note here is voice maturing. So this is where I think Miley is really growing into her voice. Because she oh, just can't be tamed. We're on time of our lives. Sorry, You're an album ahead. Oh, I'm an album ahead? Okay. Yes. All right, all right, so this, so yeah, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you, uh, continue talking about this, because, well, uh, the next point you're not going to disagree with me on. So the second album, or second song in this album, is Party in the USA. And my note on this is, if you don't crank it to 11 whenever it is on, then you are wrong. Please unfollow me and never talk to me or my family again. <laughs> it's, this is pop music at peak fun. Um, yes. This is, um, I think what's going on in Time of Our Lives it, is I think she's reconciling the country half with the pop half. I think that's what's going yes. on here. I think she's, she's yep. reconciling... Because country is allowed to be rockier, but still popular. Because it doesn't—it doesn't get like face melty. It doesn't double bass on you. It doesn't get like racier lyrics. It's you know like country is safe rock, right? Like so, so you're but mm -hmm. you get some of that like guitar solo from country music because they still solo the guitar. You know, um, I think this is reconciling the pop music with the country. I think that's what this album is. Doing. I, I I can see that. Like I said, I, I think it's her starting to try to try and figure out what she wants her voice to be. But I can see your point too. Like she, she does have two backgrounds: her background and her dad's, and both, you know, both are two good effects. Um, but yes, party in USA. Listen to it always, every time, so nonstop. Good. Fantastic. Um, next uh, song on the list. It, or so, this is this is like I where, have like, my own dance for party in the USA. Molly tries to catch it on Snapchat every time I do it. Um, like every time. And well, then like, when the song comes first, on, I go into my own dance. I have my own the, dance for the, party in the USA. The next time. The next time we can have events and be together, I'm gonna put it on and I'm gonna film it on Instagram. You're and a monster. Get it. You're a monster. I am. Um, so the, this is, and maybe this is because like this is an extended play or like just a short album because like you can't really like go with the flow. You're gonna hit like some hard edges. So the next song is "When I Look at You," which has a nice haunting feel, but is very close to a high school dance song, which is really odd after you come off of the other two songs. Mm, okay. Uh, you continue on time of our lives. It's a title once again. It, it's not a good, I think, choice for the title of the album because it's it's not a great title track. It's just it's okay. It's an okay song. Um, song after that, talk is cheap. It's not something I'm going to remember. Song after that is obsessed. It's not bad. Like I said, there's another one's like it could be better. Maybe there's a potential in it, but you know, is what it is. Um, before the storm. After that, pretty basic. Uh, it's a little interesting, but it's pretty basic, and that's the album. Mm -hmm. um, so, so really, this album is party in the USA. <laughs> that's it. That's all you need to listen to off this. My one. my creative writing professor in college said one of the the best lines I've ever heard, and I it's one of those things that you like you take into your personal like uh, you know like lexicon of motivation. Um, he said, and I still remember the line. It was. Um, she smiles as she tells us the stars in their gaze was the, the line of my one poem. And because I had written this like whole narrative poem. And he said, if you wrote a whole bad poem just to get that line, because it was a bad, like he, like I got slammed for how bad the poem was. Uh, I tried to do alliteration with terms that don't work like vacant soliloquy and saying the word soliloquy in a poem that's supposed to be spoken aloud is bad. Um, so it's like, oh. uh, yeah, yeah, I know. 
That's right. This, this is this is something different. I'm going to pull it out after you're done. This has yeah. nothing to do with anything, really. Right. Fine. Uh, keep keep a pin in it because I don't want you to lose this one. Um, but it was uh, but he said if you wrote that whole poem, and you got that one line, then it was worth it. And so like. For me, that's Party in the USA. If you wrote this whole EP and all you got was Party of the USA, worth. I, I, I feel this way about movies, too. Where, like, if there's just that one amazing scene where it's like, I can't... Supernatural jumps immediately to mind because it's, it's kind of forgettable. But the scene where Death, in I think it's season four, goes and eats pizza, you could write a ten-episode series and if you got that scene, worth. Because... Other shows are middling for six seasons and get nothing close to that great. And that's how I feel about Party in the USA on that legit song. All right. All right. Your point. What's your point? This isn't a point. This is just something you said brought back a memory. And since we talked some high school music that's popping on here, I'm going to uncork this real quick. Uh, Eighth grade. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. I wrote a little short story for one of my English classes, and this bitch of a teacher. I ended it with, uh, and and all he knew after that was darkness, because I wanted a character to die at the end. I mean, meanwhile, like, I'm in fifth grade writing this, all right? Brutal. The teacher, the te- I, I don't know, like, it was it was about war, like, that was the subject. Of, like, we were kind of given, like, random subjects, and mine was war, so that's what it was. Um, so I ended it on, and he and all he knew was darkness. And a teacher said that's not a satisfying ending. And I've read so many Black Library books now that that's nonstop being used in there. That teacher's a bitch. Fuck that teacher. <laughs> Sorry. That just came. That like was dragged out on me from somewhere. I need to get that out. No, I, I, uh, I, I this, this is the rabbit hole within the rabbit hole. <laughs> um, I've, I have on the internet, uh, as Mister Mephisto criticized uh, some stories, and uh, people will be like, "You just want happy endings." And then I, I do the like the condescending thing where I'm just like, oh child, <laughs> like you've never read my stories. All of my stories tend to end with the like, all they knew were darkness. Like, why don't you like that ending? I'm like, because you didn't earn it. Like, See, and that's and that's my criticism of like the 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 stories and the movies that end with just like killing everything. And I'm like, uh, 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 Game of Thrones. You just don't like Game of Thrones because they kill too many characters. I'm like, no, they don't earn the deaths. Like, and when they See, do. It, it, Go ahead. I was like, I'm wondering now because since she did that to me, because I like happy endings. I do like happy endings. That's my preference. Maybe that's what. Maybe that was the trigger point. Maybe, maybe this is what's happening. Like you're here. defiant to her your whole life now, and you don't. It's like realize. I'm going to be happy forever, you old hag. I've already outlived you. I know this. Yeah. No, my <laughs> my my. See, I don't know. Like I uh, I like endings that make you feel lonely. I don't know how to characterize it beyond. I, there's another turning point. Did you ever watch Radio Flyer? Yes. Yeah. Where they take the I wagon and they turn it into a freaking spaceship, basically, right? Yeah. I I uh, I watched that. I cried, and I never wanted to watch anything unhappy again after that, too. So that's probably another trigger point. Hmm. I, I like, hated. I, I, and, then, and then after that, I watched The Giver. Did you ever read The Giver? Did you ever read The Giver? Yeah. What the... a piece of shit book. What a piece of shit book. That ending, they fucking died. Fuck that. That piece of shit book. I I, I'm going to blow your mind. I know that your favorite Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy VIII. Squall dies at the end? Squall dies at the end. No, he doesn't. Squall, Squall's dead. No, he doesn't. He's dead. Look at the camera. The camera completely changes perspectives. Now, do, do you yeah, see the, him... They, they, you, do you, never, see, you don't see, you see him... him 
do you see him are you saying like are you from like he dies when the icicle shards go through him no he dies because he doesn't remember the place to go like everybody else he gets lost in timey wimey time space okay i was i was i was because like, i heard people like debate where he dies mm-hmm. is it at the truly end or does he die when the icicles go through his chest and it's all like a memory or all no. just like a flash at no. the end okay i was curious where your point no, was no on no they they they're supposed they're supposed to remember that that the one place to go back to and he completely yeah. completely does not which is actually kind of starts the trend of like of final fantasies where the main character dies at the end because uh uh final fantasy 10 essentially kills off titus as well or titus 15 it, does it as well 15 does it yeah like, hey, hey, spoilers, people. It's been like 10 years. Get over it. Or 20 in some <laughs> cases. No, yeah. I, Squall, Squall is dead. It's not a happy ending. Uh, it's a bittersweet mm-hmm. ending because like, they're like... It's bittersweet, yeah. They're Because they're, they record the video for him in hope that he'll come back one day or whatever, that he'll find his way back. Because they catalog... The, 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 the They do the videotape of the, the graduation ceremony and he's not ever in the graduation ceremony. He is not the one holding the camera because the camera gets passed to Zell because Zell does the thing. Like, yeah. Like, he's not there. It's it's self-filming. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 an in-memorum. Or, or you could read it as he's actually there because she, she then on the balcony looks up and she looks off to the it, side. It's, it depends if you believe in the power of love or not. I do, so he's there. <laughs> No, my favorite endings make you feel lonely, and that ending makes me feel lonely, and the end of Cowboy Bebop makes me feel lonely, and the end of... Uh... I I will say that. Cow- See, but here's the thing. I don't mind Cowboy Bebop's ending, because as you said, it earned it. Yes. Also, so, they like, don't okay. show the yeah. scene where, where Faye comes running in and Spike lives, because he's just been stabbed. He's fine. He got blown up way earlier in the series. No way he's dead that time. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, two, 2010, Can't Be Tamed. <laughs> Good. Miley's third album, and, and and overall, this is a solid album, and it's a great step for Miley uh, into having her, her own style. Um, it, it does feel a little bit of a front-heavy on the album, as far as, like, the bangers. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I think this is, this is definitely her putting her foot forward and doing what Miley wants to do. So... Um, my read on Can't Be Tamed and, and, uh, the, um, Liberty Walk. Mm-hmm. Which is the first song. This is where I felt like her voice was maturing. Um, I still have a very cynical pop view. Uh, uh, or I still have a very cynical view of pop music at this point. Whereas the previous one was reconciling the country. What was trending at this point is it was trendy to be hip-hop-y with your pop stars now. At, at this point in music. So, uh, this is where, like... I guess I'm, I'm glad you're here, because I'm not looking at this album outside of itself. I'm not looking at the themes and what's going on in the time in the music industry. I'm looking at just the, the narrative of Miley's songs from one album to the next. So, I, just just for people listening, like, I'm gonna have a different view than, than you sometimes, because you're looking at a much broader picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think that's the thing, is you got the zoomed-in view, and I've got the zoomed-out view, and the trying to connect that. That's my... That's the homework I did. Uh, you you mm-hmm. you did all the listening, um, but this is where like I think it's like really catchy and like the hip hop and dance aspects of it really start to show up. I think that's where this is because and we're still riding the dance music high actually like as of 2010 right. into 20. That's what we're still on right now. This is where yeah, that cas- really cascada 
Dota. Uh, Panic at the Disco. You were talking yeah. about them earlier. Panic at the, at oh, the yeah. Disco is like still yeah. in like in, in dance rock basically territory right now. Like we're very much in the like mm-hmm. sort of like the the dancey era of pop music. I think that's what what would be the right. big of of the uh, after the teens and into the twenty. And so we're probably going to have like a new resurgence of something in coming up in the next couple of years because music always moves in cycles. Um, but right now we're very firmly in the like it's got to be dancey. Right. Uh, so, so Liberty Walk, like I think we're both very much agreeing. This is her starting to become who she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, next, yeah, okay, ne- next song, uh, "Who Owns My Heart." Like I said, once again, it's a very '90s pop dance vibe, it, it, which fits the theme. It has a great hook. Uh, it's not, like I said, it's not one of the best songs, but um, yeah, it's not not a bad not a bad one. Uh, followed up by "Can't Be Tamed." Uh, and this this is the first time for her albums that I think the album title song works. The, the title track is actually good. This, yep, the, the the song's good. The uh, the the title's good. It fits who she's trying to like kind of emphasize within herself right now. Uh, so it kind of it, it's boom. That this hits for me. So I was happy with that. that. It, uh, another interesting thing that's going on right now while this this album's coming out. So 2011 is when Hannah Montana is is done. So the movie, because as I recall, she did the TV show and then she had like a couple Hannah Montana movies she had to do, uh, contractually ob- obligated to do. This is on the, it, this comes out in 2010. She is officially no longer Hannah Montana as of 2011. Like she really, any pretenses about staying Hannah Montana are dead with this album. She doesn't have to continue yeah. because that the way like the pipeline of, of production and yada yada works she is already transitioning to not be Hannah Montana at this point. I think this is right. That's a big. I think that's a big signifier of what's going on here. And again, that's where I think my big read was her voice. This is where her voice moved away from like sort of safe poppy, like lilting. You know, hit the high notes and do the thing. Like you just pick someone off. Like the 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 number of people I have met in my life that are fantastic singers, but they just don't like have the it factor, or they just don't they just don't get the dice in their favor when they go out to try to make it. Um, Carrie Underwood's actually like kind of a fantastic, I think, um, uh, character study for this because she could not make it out of the frying pan as a pop star. She had to go country first and then transition. Um, Tay Tay had already kind of ruined that path. She was already in the process of ruining that path for an artist, you know? Um, it's so here, I think she's really, I'm, I'm saying it differently, but I'm agreeing with you. This is where she's coming into her own. But I, mm-hmm. I want to give you. I wanted to fill in those sort of like other uh, external factors for this. Right. Uh, next up on the album. Imagine if I did this and... for a battle tome. <laughs> why? Why? Who cares? Who cares? I'm like Nerd. I won't. I won't review battle tomes in depth because you're going to listen to the competitive battle tome person that you like the most. And <laughs> you can't. You can't just flip to the back with a discography. All right, you gotta go through. It. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You can't just flip to the. <laughs> there's points. no. There's no points. Yeah. Yeah, you can't uh, flip to the points. All right. So after after can't be tamed, we get uh, every rose has its thorn, which boom, Miley knocking it out of the park with another cover. Right. It's like thank goodness, keep it up. Uh, forgiveness and love. It's an it's I I called it a ballad. I'm not sure if I'm right on that term, but it felt like a ballad. Uh, I was not expecting it from Miley. I really enjoyed it. Okay. So is this um, is this where Miley's kind of this album is where Miley maybe wins you over? 
I, I would say as as an album, it wins me over. She's won me over with songs before. Like, okay. I'm like, okay, I like your covers. I like Party in USA. I like, you know, like that. This is like where I'm like, this album, you can put together a whole album. There, there's always going to be misses. There's always going to be misses on albums. Every that, album's got that. Fun. Yeah. The one you yeah. skip. The one, like, I love this album, but I always skip this one song. I mean, the, the yeah. Smashing Pumpkins, the reason I love them, it was the band whose albums I listened to the most, but I didn't have to skip songs. That's Taylor Swift for me. So, yep, I get you. Yeah. Uh, next up on this album, Permanent December. Uh, like I said, this is kind of like back to like the couple other songs I had. I like this one, but I wanted more from it. Okay. It's the only thing, like my thoughts on it. Uh, then there's a song called Stay. It's all right. Followed by Scars. Felt restrained. You say, when you like, say restrained, what do you mean? Uh... I felt like this was the classic B tier was given to her. Like I see, like, she's like, I need another song for this album. They're just like, here, sing this. No one wants to. Mm, you know, okay. it's like, she but not. Have... I don't want to call it. I don't want to call it safe. It's restrained. It's just it's there because they needed two the three minutes of filler. Okay. Uh, followed by "Take Me Along." It's an okay song. Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Uh, Robot. Uh, it's a solid song. Driving beat. Uh, the lyrics. I was like, I'm. I don't know what you're trying to tell me here as a story, but just just stop. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no... I wasn't interested in... Like, you could understand the lyrics enough to hear the story, but I was like, I don't really care what's going on in the song. But it's a solid driving beat. Um, My Heart Beats for Love. Uh, actually, the notes got deleted on that. Uh, like I said, it's another it's another alright song. Didn't hate it, didn't love it. Um, yeah, like I said, this album definitely takes her towards... Uh, Putting together a full album. I mean, it's not her yep. The Wall yet, right? Like, where... Every track in Pink Floyd's The Wall is meticulously crafted and blends into the next song the whole time. And it tells the yeah. entire story about building the wall and then trying to tear down the wall. And it's it ends in hell. It's, like It's not quite it's there. Like, We're not there yeah. yet. It's not full concept right. like, album. I, we've had a few songs. This is an album. Like I like to listen to a few of these songs again. And you can put the album back on. But it's not like you finish it and go, I need this again in my life. But I need to prepare. This needs to be a religious thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we... Uh, Oh, go ahead. No, no, not you. Uh, so now we get to Bangers 2013, and I think this is super aptly named because mm-hmm. uh, this is in my retrospective because I did I didn't experience my I didn't experience Miley from a uh, pop music ever being a thing. Pop music is I don't like consider pop music really a true genre even anymore. It, it it's like there are artists that try to be popular with trends and the industry and so on and so forth. And like, then you're in pop music. And, um, and like I said, this is where, you know, pop music comes to me. If I, if I like it, it'll, it'll come to me. Uh, I'm meanwhile, I'm trying to like kind of trace back in origins of like, I just listened to this artist, uh, on this song. And they said that their, their influence was this obscure artist I've never heard of before. I'm going to go back and listen to them now. And like, do I like, right. That's how I found Woody Guthrie. I, I found out that like most of the punk musicians I love listen to Woody Guthrie. It wasn't through country, I'm um, like, oh wait, like all these like punk musicians are like talking about Woody Guthrie. Well, now I need to go back and listen to this guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that—that's how I experience music. Is like I, I take rec- recommendations from friends. I love when friends tell me to listen to good music. I'm like, oh hell yeah. Um, pseudonym on Twitter uh, has just kind of been ten for ten and like recommending great music for me to go obscure music for me to go listen to because he's French and he, he knows all these like really awesome like sort of like Euro bands. I'm like, oh hell yeah, like give it to me. I I love music. And I think that's the difference between me I'm getting introspective, I'm so sorry. The difference between me now and me as a teen, because music was my identity and I wanted to maintain a good identity, 
but I didn't love music yet. I liked music. I liked it as, as a, you know, I could analyze music and talk about the stuff, but I didn't love it yet. I didn't, like, truly love music as an expressive art form. Because if you love art, you don't uh, get mad at one color and never re look at a painting with that color in it, you know? Right. I My least favorite color is yellow. This is this is real. This is me meaning. But I'm not going to, like, not look at a painting because there's yellow in it. You know, like, they used ye yellow because they needed it in that awesome piece of art. And so I feel about right. music now. Like, when you're pulling in jazz and you're pulling in, like, hip-hop and you're pulling in, uh, you know, like, country or bluegrass, like, I'm like, okay, let's see where this goes because I love it. I appreciate it. I think I think this is where, I think this is where Bangers, she's starting to pull in all the colors. Absolutely, because the one thing about this album, if you listen to it, there is tons of collaborations. Like, every, almost every song, I think. Um they said this album has a kind of a slow start, strong finish, uh, and like this is where like not just putting an album together, but she's putting together an album narrative. Like I'm starting to see like a story in the not necessarily with the titles and the lyrics, but just as far as the beats and the flow of the songs, I feel a narrative coming from this album. So I just now realize this is also where Wrecking Ball shows up. Yep, and that makes one hundred percent sense. Um, Wrecking Ball, of course. I actually, I want to like Wrecking Ball more than I like it. This is because the contrarian in me hates people who hate the song because it's the it was the popular thing. I'm like that's a type of you know conformity is like if you just always will hate the popular thing, then you're just a conformist by a different name. Um, I love the intro though. It's such a strong intro, and then it gets poppy, yep. and I'm like, I wish that I just had the intro and the outro. And less of the pop hook. I'm like, I want a real song here. And like, I got, and pop interrupted me on like, what is an otherwise <laughs> great song. And, and they so pop like, hit you like a wrecking ball. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm like, maybe that's, maybe it's meta. Like you had to hey, like, I, you had to be meta. Knowing, knowing where she goes, like with the next couple albums, maybe, maybe it was meta. Maybe it was meta, but this is also yeah. her, that wrecking ball is the statement single. Right, like right. that is the one. This is where she has achieved Madonna in my mind. She has gone full Madonna. This is this is Madonna's uh, fully in the zeitgeist. Yes, this is the the nineteen ninety for Madonna was where she she achieved that. That's where like the Pope boycotts her. That's where she shows up with the um, uh, with the uh, the cone bra like, and you know like <laughs> that's where she has a saw. That's where she does um. What is it like a prayer with um, mm -hmm. with Leon Robinson as Saint Martin de uh, what is it de de de, de Porres de Perez, um, who's Not essentially a, mm -hmm. the patron saint of multiculturalism and racial harmony? Like remember, like everyone's like, oh, that's the Black Jesus album, right? Like that's when Madonna does that. It's 1990, and it's like actually he was a saint. He wasn't supposed to be Jesus in that, uh, but everyone was just like super pissed. Like Madonna's. Uh, 1990 um, uh, Blonde Ambition Tour was where she was just like, bam! That was her knockout punch. Madonna is Madonna now. She had been achieving, she had been working toward Madonna. She had like a virgin, which messed with people's understandings of, you know, like she's marketed as this like mall musician. Now she's a sex icon. Like, she had done it. But 1990 is where Madonna was Madonna. Like, that is where she went she like cemented herself 
So you say like that's like Madonna that had their knockout. I don't think this is Miley's knockout yet. This is Miley here. She's throwing some good punches. Mm. See, I, I, like I feel for, like this is where Miley is now. Miley, this is where, uh, I, I, no, for me. I would say this, Miley is Miley, but this is not the strongest Miley we have. This is no. not her final form. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's totally fair because I think the album for me is like we're 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 approaching the album for me that is like I think her best, one hundred percent for. And I'm gonna. I'll go into all of the. Pardon me. I'll go into all of the like context of why I think it's the best album she's made still. Um, but right here, I'm like, she just like pow. Like I am Miley Cyrus. Um, yep. It's this. This was an RKO out of nowhere, but uh, they didn't get tapped. They didn't. They okay. didn't go. Let's stay down for the full three. One, two. They got out. They, they got. Right? The, That's where they, we're at. The, yeah, they kick out of the uh, the RKO yep. out of nowhere. Okay. Cool. All right. No, yep. I like that. That's a good analogy. <laughs> So uh, opens with I adore you, or not adore you, just adore you. Uh, slow pace setting opener, uh, ultimately kind of a forgettable song, uh, and then goes on to We can't stop. We can't stop. Yep, it, it's not. solid song. I really wanted it to start picking up the pace. Okay. Really wanted like it, then that's just like the feel of what I wanted that, from that, that song. That song feels it's a, it's a little too lilting and like meh. It's good. Yeah. It's catchy, but it like it's just like after like the kind of like the hook, I'm like, okay, yeah. you need to do something with this or end it. And it reminds it. It feels like I thought this song would have been on the album with uh with uh, Party in the USA, like from the yeah yeah the I, yeah I can see that that would fit yeah like it would have fit right on. That maybe album. It was, maybe it was a carryover. You never know. Could have been yeah. Like, who knows yeah. Uh, next up is SMS Bangers, which is the title track. I say I found the song a bit boring, but the best part about it was the collaboration with Britney Spears on it. Because Britney Spears knocked it out of the park with her part. This is the torch. This Maybe this is the torch passing moment. Because by this time, Britney Spears is irrelevant. In terms of, like, pop, right. pop, pop music. She, yeah, and, she's doing, like, this is the same time she did, uh, what's it, Britney Bitch, I think. Yeah, like. I mean, yeah, like it's like she's doing some things, but she's not doing Britney things. Toxic was kind of, I think, her like Britney's like sort of last hurrah was like Toxic was yeah like, right like that was it yeah. Um, and when did when you can continue? I'll look up when Toxic came out. Uh, okay, so after uh, after that, uh, four by four. It's another. It's a it's a simple song. It's super catchy and it's a nice collaboration with Nelly. Uh, I liked it. Um, after that, there's a song called My Darling, and the only thing I could say about this is it's not a banger. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I did, like I, I finished the song, I'm like, this is not a banger. Done. Yeah. Uh, and then we already elaborated a lot on Wrecking Ball. It's the known song. It's very much going to be a classic forever. Um, I, I, again, but, but, yeah. I want more from it. Like, it's... it's, not, it's I see, see, whenever... Here's the thing, too. Whenever you have a song you want more from, just go to YouTube, type in... Like, for this one. You type in Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus, Wrecking Ball, Remix. That's how you get more out of songs like this. If you have it, like, I, to me, Wrecking Ball was fine. I still do, like, remixes on occasion, but, like, uh, um, if you get tired of a song or a song just doesn't quite hit, go see if there's a remix of it, of someone who, quote-unquote, fixes it. <laughs> or loved it more. Well, and, and this, I think the main thing, I yeah. think part of the this is, like, the style over substance. This is the style over substance. Mm -hmm. Like, the substance is... It's it's enough to give me a taste. Again, that intro and the outro are fantastic. Like it's it's a good. Yep. It's just the rest of the song that's kind of like okay, it's it's a pop song, but it's the music video that everyone fucking remembers. That outfit, the like came in like the outfit, yeah. Like, the outfit, the outfit, like 
you know, got everyone clutching their pearls, much like Cardi B's song has everyone clutching their pearls right now, because she shows up in essentially <laughs> the Mila Jovovich outfit from Fifth Element on a wrecking ball, and it's super, like, uh, obvious sexual metaphor occurs, um, and then everyone's mad yeah. on the internet, and it's like... But, like, for me, I'm like... People mad on the internet? Yeah, but for me, this was the moment where I was like, Miley Cyrus? Respect! Respect! You know, like, that, that was like... <laughs> Like, so this is... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, like, this is just, like, the respect moment, but this is where we get F you. Um, I, I think you're... I'm, I'm getting ahead of you a little bit. Well, but so, you're getting a little bit so go, yep, go, go well, through it, and then next, when we get to F, F you, I'm yep. talk about it. So after, after Wrecking Ball, we get a song called Love Money Party. I feel like it was just forced in here for some reason. Uh, I feel like uh, it was forced dance, out of her throat. Dancing <laughs> is the... It's this is we're in the dance, yeah, we're firmly yeah. in the dance era of of albums. Yeah. Followed by hashtag get it right. Um, smooth beat. It's a bit of a shallow song, but uh, you know it's a nice easy listen. Then we have drive. Uh, really shows off Miley's persona and her strength of voice. Okay. I, I don't really mu- remember much of the song other than like Miley really sings it well. Okay. Then we get to F U, which I'll let you. Yeah. So F U is the one that you made me listen to, and F U mm-hmm. is where. Um, I mean, I, I, I ran out of notes. my big band. I, I ran out of notes here. I have, like, little sub notes and stuff like that. But this is where she collaborates with French Montana. No relation to Hannah Montana. Um, you know, rapper. Um, it has a, a, a kind of a, cl- a really clubby vibe to it. But it's got this, like, sort of cabaret jazz thing going on. Okay, that's the work. Okay, because I typed in big band. I misspelled it, obviously, because I typed too quickly. Cabaret, that is perfect. That is the word I've been trying to find for this. Because, like, it's exactly that, and they throw in a little bit of synth. It's, it's like, this is... Yeah. This is peak, like, taking... This is where I think the formula comes together for... She's... Miley's voice, she might... She's not going to blow you away with, like, a, a, a an Adele, like, octave range, or, you mm-hmm. know, like... This is not the... She is not the the six octave range uh, singer, but neither was Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks had like, what, three maybe Mm -hmm. like, uh, but what you remember from Stevie Nicks was her, her like ability to like uh, be emotive with her voice and, and be distinctly Stevie Nicks. When you walk away from a Stevie Nicks song, you go, that was Stevie Nicks. For me, this is where that like kind of raspy quality of Miley's voice, which she has in her speaking voice. She really brings it into a song, but then she gives it that musicality it needs to really, like... This is... When I talked about my retrospective, um, where she won me over in real time was with an album we haven't talked about yet. But when mm-hmm. I you made me kind of go back and listen to all this, this is where I'm like, oh, she's the shit. Like, yeah. um, I liked Party in the USA as, like, I meme liked it. It's fun. Ha ha ha. I can get behind this. It's fun. But it, like, it could be the, you know, there's a lot of one hit wonder songs that for, she could have been a one hit wonder. Like that's the only song I ever remember her by. Ha ha ha. It's funny. It's great. You know, I have fun yep. doing it. It comes on and InSync is a lot like that. Like there's an InSync song. I'm just like, hell yeah. But like InSync is forgettable. Timberlake is freaking amazing, but InSync's forgettable. Right. Like, right. Like that would have been Miley. Up until I heard "Fu," I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me a lot of Christina Aguilera, who was they were trying to follow the mm-hmm. the prototypical Britney Spears thing, and she literally disappeared to South America 
to like go back to like this jazzy sort of lounge singer roots and that's when she released the back to basics album which had Candyman, which was like the radio popular one mm-hmm. obviously a popular cover but that's also when she really embraced the fact that she was a great singer and that she didn't right. need to be a sex symbol and so she right. just let her voice speak for herself and that's where christina aguilera really comes out of her shells with back to basics and then you know we get beautiful at some point beautiful is amazing but like when she, she needed that like that musicality that that like genie in a bottle doesn't have you know like and for me miley cyrus with fu has that like this is where i see music appear this is where she's been a performer but a performer she's got some talent she's got some skills she's got like a good a good card a good hand of cards dealt to her with disney and a, a dad who yeah his song is lame now, but he made tons of bank and he has tons of connections now, and he's using those. Yep. Like, yep. But when I hear "fu," I'm like, this is where the musician side of Miley shows up for me. Yep. Yeah. This is where she grabs hold of you and says, "This is who I am. You're going to accept this. I don't care what you think." Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, and continuing on from there, uh, do my thing. It once again. It, not as memorable as Fu. I think this would have been better if it was paced out a song or two from Fu, but it definitely continues the genre mixing to good effect that she's kind of like doing well with this album. Mm-hmm. Um, followed by Maybe You're Right, which is not memorable, which I think if we switch Do My Thing and Maybe You're Right and Do My Thing might have been a little bit more memorable because yeah, we've like had that like, kind of palate cleanser. cleanser. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 100%. Yep. And then, uh, let's see, Someone Else, uh, classic pop style song, good flow. Uh, like I said, Miley, she knows this at this point. She excels at this. She she knows how to do a classic pop style song. So she's just Performer. not like she, she give her side. yeah give her you give her a B tier and she's gonna be like yeah I'm gonna turn it to an A just because of who I am now. Yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. Rooting for my baby. It's a cute song. Um. I love I this. Know. I love the the notes here. <laughs> the next one, on my own. Um. <laughs> it's almost Toe Jam and Earl funk level. <laughs> almost. So good, like it, it could be on the Kickstarter game that came out, but it could have been on the classic Genesis games. Fair that's enough. That's where the fun was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like that's uh, Toe Jam and Earl. Speaking of like blending genres, like whoo, when you get like funk and hip hop in a video game, like and it lives it. Hell yeah! All right. I I don't remember a thing about Toe Jam and Earl because I don't think I ever beat it. But my God, the music is in my head forever. <laughs> Legit. Legit. Yeah, and I and I'm happy. That's all I needed. Uh, let's see. Um, and then the last song of the album, "Hands in the Air." Uh, it's a, like a pop rock anthem kind of ending song, and I really feel this was a great way to end this album. I liked it. Like the, the song itself wasn't the most fantastic. It wasn't bad by any means. Like, it, and that's kind of been a theme. But like, it's the perfect ending to this album. I think she knew it. She's like. I, this isn't going to be the one that people are going to recall, but this is how I need to end this album. Well, and it also kind of, I mean, this this ties a bow on on her, her sort of progression, on her evolution, um, where she had that sort of reconciling the country rock thing, and it, this ties a bow on that for me. Um, it, like, this album, you know, Wrecking Ball can't go understated as what I think it did in the zeitgeist of pop for her, you know? This was right. her... Uh, you know, Gaga shows up in a meat dress at the, you know, the Oscars or Emmys or whatever it was, right? Like, this is that moment where she just, like, shocked you out of your I'm a teeny bopper basic pop star. 
that was what it, it was. The visuals were of that were, were were necessary, but the song is ultimately, you know, it, it, it's it's not it, it's not fu. Fu is such a, I mean that the, this is the one called bangers. That song's a fucking banger. Like it's so good. I'm so happy you made me listen to that because I had no idea this song existed. And this is in mm-hmm. my retrospective. I went back and I listened to this and I went, and that was my like eureka moment for what I what comes next. Actually, you should take that list I sent you and maybe post it in the chat just so for, like, people at the end, if they want to just do, like, the cliff notes, they can just do that as yeah, well. Yeah, no, listen to this, um, like, cool, like, highlight sort of progression, Fly on the Wall, Liberty Walk, F.U., uh, Karen, Don't Be Sad, um, and this is where, like, I have a lot of opinions about this album, but I need to use the restroom, so okay. maybe you can, you know... You can I'm going to talk about my upcoming event, the Tayrathi Invitation. Yeah! I'm go to the bathroom. Uh, so... As you guys might, if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen, um, I am doing a invitational event because COVID's happening, big events aren't happening, obviously Nova's been cancelled, which, you know, I was the TO of, um, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna have some close local people that I know, and we'll, you know, keep it small, and just have a little invitational, and I'm gonna throw my Tayrathi stuff around, because that's what I like to do. Uh, so, we got Bill Souza, Roger Barker. Uh, Michael Ryan, they're all, you, you probably recognize Bill and likely Roger. Uh, all three of them are from the Pittsburgh Club, Steel City Sigmar. Uh, and then we also have Neil LaRocca and David Roke. They're from the Ren4 uh, Club. You probably recognize at least Neil from Twitter and uh, running the Ren4 events. Dave also helps run the Ren4 events, but Neil's more of the uh, social butterfly, I guess you could say. And then uh, we also have Matt Hayward, uh, Cole uh, McGinnigal. And, uh, and Alex, uh, well, uh, Alex, he, my Russian friend, but Garvlov, Garvlov, I, I always mispronounce his last name, so I apologize if you're listening to this, Alex, which I don't know why you would, because I don't think you really like Miley Cyrus, but, uh, so it's a fun event, uh, it's just going to be three games, uh, it's all going to be based upon win, if there's draws, it's a beer chug, that's how we're going to determine a winner, I guess, just definitely taking a little bit of Midwest influence into it, uh, but yeah, I got, I got a little little prizes made up i got little little giveaways made up people are gonna be bringing food it's gonna be a good time uh most of the coverage for it and this will be the 29th of this month so a week and a a few days from now um but i'll put some stuff up on twitter but most of it's probably gonna be on my instagram just because stories works better to show what's happening throughout an event um so it's strength hammer underscore twitter instagram um like i said hopefully you guys will see it and I'll repost it, so well, I'll be good there. Tomorrow, actually, if you're interested in this, the pairings, which I've decided, and the lists will be up. Uh, there'll be a link going up at 5 a.m. Eastern Time uh, via my Twitter, so you can check it out and start enjoying figuring out who's going to win which which match. All cool. Right. All right. Uh, Did uh, it. Kicker here says, uh, um, I think Chuck could honestly hold down a uh, podcast just on pop music. I actually think you could branch out a little bit from uh, from Strength Hammer. I mean, fitness and pop music. Uh, maybe. A little bit of Warhammer. <laughs> I, say, um, I say I don't know. I don't know if pe- anymore. I'm reaching a point where I'm like, I don't know if people really care about my thoughts on Warhammer because it's just about Daughters of Cana anyway, and people know what I'm about with that. Well, and <laughs> you don't do the the hot button clicky like stuff that people go like. Um, well, that I don't, don't want to like. <laughs> But you're not you. I mean, you shouldn't be. Yeah. Because that's not Chuck. You know, like it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't. I don't 
like other people are doing it better than me, and even then, usually I don't listen to them anyway. <laughs> well, it's like um, that's the thing is like I don't need to do a battle tome review for you because like you know Haywo and Brendan and and you know exist like yeah, what am I possibly, weekly, yeah like yeah what am I possibly going to say to how good you should I I have my like like little mephisms that I like make fun of stuff or like talk about how sweet it is and I talk about like heavy metal and you know but I don't have any I like I yeah I can tell you my my tactics and like my hot takes on stuff but like it it doesn't it doesn't compare to some of these like in-depth like yeah Haywo does something I can never do which he he can say something in like a single phrase oh yeah I, I can't do I can't do that I need yeah. a paragraph to say what he says in like you know five words I need I need twenty seven typos two pages and uh, some swearing to get my points across I think with if we're going into that yeah that's me you know I, what, I, yeah funny funny little anecdote so next Wednesday I'll be on Warhammer Weekly uh, I'm very excited to come back because it's been a while since it's been on but here's the funny part Vince asked me I didn't ask him what the topic was he didn't tell me what the topic was I'm not going and if he's watching right now I, I'm not sure but hi Vince um, he's not. <laughs> okay, I, he might be watching I'm, it back in the in the vod, but but uh, I, I'm not going to ask him what the topic is. And my buddy Matt, who's coming to the the invitational, he's like he's like, don't you want to know what the topic is? I'm like, I only talk about two to three things anyway. I'm assuming I'm coming on for one of those. If not, that's what we're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, and if we go somewhere else, I'll just hang on and go for the ride and do my best. That's <laughs> it's like it's like that's. I mean, it, it's weird to like to hype the guest while you're currently on here, but but Chuck, one of the things I love about you, and I, I mentioned this in in like a you know just some some text messages or whatever prepping for this show, um, you are like a little bit of a conundrum to me because it doesn't compute to me that someone can be this positive and like genuine. Like I have a like a I have like a a positivity to serial killer sort of like axiom, and so right. like. At some point, you become so positive, I just assume you're a serial killer. You know, like... It's, I mean, maybe. Like, uh, you know, like, uh, Doug from 2 Plus Stuff, who's in chat here. Like, he probably has bodies under his porch. Um, you know, like, that's just like... Because, like, he's so... But you, I'm like... But, but I, here's, the, here's, here's the thing. If Doug has bodies underneath his porch, every night, he goes out and reads them some battle tome lore to put them to bed still. That's what... Th Doug right, is a great guy. Right, because he's a great guy. He just, like, you know, like... As long as you're not a jogger of a particular like height and weight and like hair color. <laughs> also, <laughs> go go listen to the this past week's uh, yesterday's Warhammer Weekly with with uh, Doug on it. Uh, I'm not a fan of Nurgle. Uh, I do like kind of like like the lore a little bit, but like that was definitely an episode where I was like coming out of it like, do not start a Nurgle army. <laughs> do not start a Nurgle army because you guys knocked it out of the park. What? So. No, we'll listen to that one. Fant yeah. Fantastic episode. Like, and that's the thing is like, like, um, there there are people like you. You kind of meet and you go like, okay, like, what's your thing? Like, what's your weirdness? Like, what's your quirk? And um, it's it's like uh, you're one of the, those people that I'm like, no, no, no. This is like the legitimate like positive person who isn't a serial killer. Or you Not have yet. just just like you're you're like actually that person who's like secretly building a rocket ship and like has like ten mannequins in your backyard and like you talk to them all and we don't know it. But, like, that's no. fine, man, if that's your weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. Like, I, okay. <laughs> like, it's like Vince. Uh, Vince is, like, a relatively positive person, but he plays Slanesh, and I'm like, oh, he has a sex dungeon. <laughs> and, like, and then it balances out why he's weird. Or, not weird, why he's weirdly positive. 
Because like nobody is this is as positive as you or Doug or Vince without like you know having a rocket ship or bodies under the porch or a sex dungeon. <laughs> Why not all of them? Just get it. Yeah, just, just get them all. all. Like whatever. <laughs> no, but that's because my brain is 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 damaged in a sense, well, I, and like I, I don't see the world. I can't. I have a hard time processing. Well, positivity especially right now with 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 no tournaments which are my social interactions uh right you, you know like those are i live he, relatively rural like you do and so mm-hmm. that's my like i have a, a calendar date i mark down and then i get to go be around friends again keep, keep in mind too like uh i've i've just generally been a, like a, a positive happy person for a long time i've had my moments i've you know i've had my growing like you, you get here and, and and we'll argue about this you say privilege i say earned <laughs> We'll argue about this to death because I I see what you're saying and I see it as like you as regardless different topic different show yeah. um but like I, I'm very lucky I have a, a wonderful wife she had depression so while I can never fully understand when someone goes through depression or anxiety sees because I never had to live through that other than maybe the briefest of moments um like I said like that for me that those feelings are passing and fleeting um she has she's she's doing so much better um. And she's really, I, it, it, we, we like to say her and I like that we ruin each other. She brings me down to earth and I make her fly. Like, it's, it's a weird thing. Um, but like, you that's gotta, the only reason. You got to find someone that balances your crazy and your crazy is you're too happy. And yes, uh... <laughs> well, it's, hey, you always got to find balance. Always seek balance. Yep. Balance yep. is, is yep. the best. But, but like, that's the only reason you even have like the closest, even like a, a, a outside understanding of people because otherwise i'd be just like you i'd be like i don't understand how people aren't happy if it wasn't for meeting her so like keep that in mind like it's we're it's the same coin just opposite sides fair enough yeah fair enough and like yeah yeah the 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 take that like i i get from like the earned positivity or the earned happiness is like well you can just think your way through it i'm like i'm like you don't understand you know, like, and I'm like, you don't understand. This yeah, is I know. Easy. I know. Like, thoughtfulness is <laughs> is is the best take I've heard. And like, Alex Milonis, who's going to be on in two weeks now, I think maybe he's next week. Alex, it might be next week. Uh, he's going to be on, and we're going to talk a little bit about thoughtfulness. Thoughtfulness is, right. you know, he's a he's an actual psychologist practicing, uh, specializing in anxiety and stuff. Um, like, he talks about like thoughtfulness, and I actually heard Vince bring up thoughtfulness once or twice, um, where it's like you have these human basic reactions to things and then you can't help it. You know, like you, you, for the most, for all intents and purposes, you, you can't help it. It's like getting hit on the, on the knee with a little rubber mallet. Like you, you just, you yep. kick, right. We have these sort of mental reflexes to stimulus too. you know, um, I skew towards like this, the sardonic or cynical and negative And, and then I have to be like, why am I being an asshole right now? And then like, I like snap myself out of it. And I look at the, like the positive, uh, there are times when the bad thing happens, or the thing happens, and I go, I spiral negative, and I engage my that sort of second tier of brain function, and I go, Andrew, you're being unreasonable right now, you know this is just a reaction, you know that you just blah blah blah, and I'm like, I can't, but I, I can't. That's very much in, I very much in line with like the, the Buddhist style of inner peace, mm-hmm. is always like, you, separating the being from the self right always right so like yeah i i, I do understand that um like i said it, it, it's gonna it this it's like it sounds cruel and, and i apologize this is not and this is just general this is not towards anybody but just like 
when you finally understand what happiness is and how to be happy, you get upset at how easy it is and how it's always been right there, and you've been in your own way the whole time. Mm. And I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to tell people to get there. It's just when you get there, I think that's what you see. Mm. And I hope everyone gets there, because being happy is so much nicer. You know what? I have so many complicated thoughts on this, and this is supposed to be the Miley Cyrus episode. It was originally right. going to going to be the the episode about how like how do I fight this? Um, if I'm too happy for too long, I'm looking for the other shoe to drop. And by I'm looking for, I the sword of Damocles appears above me. I'm not looking for it. I just start to feel the anxiety if I've been happy for too long. Yeah. I, life, I it, is, life is peaks and valleys, and you just have to enjoy the peaks while prepping for the valleys. In, in so my, you're, it, in, there's always in gonna be down, there's always gonna be up. You have no idea. Like I, it, there's a part of my brain right now that is blaming me for COVID nineteen because I am I am more successful than I have been previously in my life. I own a house now. I have kids and a family that I love and adore. They make me mm-hmm. the happiest in the world. Um, Molly and I have a awesome relationship, and I was the person who was like, "I'm gonna die alone forever," and and blah 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 and i'm like no 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 like we have one of those like one in a thousand relationships that like doesn't compute to other people and i'm like why can't i be happy and i'm like oh it's because i don't deserve to be happy right now it's because i and then like all these spirals and i know you're saying i'm in my way but you have to like i didn't get this way on my own you know i didn't put the cigarettes out on my chest i didn't stab me three times in my wrist and elbow like I or in my side I didn't you know get woken up in bed being punched in the temple by some drunken asshole like so now I can't sleep at night like I didn't do this to me I just recognize all that stuff happened to me and now I'm trying to get better than that and it's not you right. can't snap your fingers and you can't go I'm going to be better like you can be like I'm going to wake up today and no, try no, better like, and, like you can like but you can't just be like oh you feel bad today Andrew well, just think better, dude, and then you will be better. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I, I did all my stuff. I did push-ups, like you said. I ran around the block. I went on a walk with my daughter and my dog. Like, I stopped drinking. I did all these things. And I'm like, why do I still feel the need to, like, why do I still feel like that other shoe is going to drop? You know, why do I still feel like that sort of Damocles is hanging over me? Um, And I, I have this. Like I said, I had. Yeah. I say I, I I don't have a roadmap to give you or anybody because I don't think there's a full set roadmap. I just know, I just know the endpoint. And I, I say endpoint. I want to I want to say that very like loosely. I'm still learning. There's still so much more. Like I'm not saying like oh I'm done. I'm here. Like no. Like I'm happy where I'm at, and I also know that I'm still continuing. Well, and, and, um, and I, but, I, but I, I know I know where the point. I'm yeah. Like so, I'm, I'm trying to just clarify that. Like I'm not saying like oh the magical fix is just to be happy and you'll be happy. It's like trying to be happy will will help make you happy well, that's just one thing but like yeah no, I, said, I, I don't want to sound like i'm trying to be like all arrogant egotistical i'm just saying like no no i don't, that's not my it's reason easy, it's easier it's it's easier than we think and but you aren't going to realize it until you realize it no it's 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 funny because um uh, you know i meditate i do a lot of these like thoughtfulness stuff uh i know i have like a really bad temper uh that's the thing that like i'm worried the most about in my family life because it's not like i'm like you know 
breaking stuff and but like I like I get to that point where something happens and my reaction is to yell at the thing you know this is not oh yeah no I and it, it's I just like I'm like I am ruining this you know this dog because I'm yelling at it and all it hears like it has no idea the words coming out my mouth because it just like peed on the floor or whatever it has no idea this isn't productive or like you know Lily you know does something why did you do that are you like what is wrong with you go and get in the other room now like I'll I deal with the thing and I'm like she has no idea what are you doing you're not helping her and so like my kids it's not every day that I'm just yelling all the time but I'm like I really hope that like the weight of all my the totality of all the other good stuff I try to do at all times outweighs it I have a vendetta to be I think the people out there that want to make you the happiest or, or, or want to make the world the best probably had a lot of bad stuff to happen to them is a thought I have. Um, and like, I don't have any advice to anybody because I'm struggling and I was paradoxically in a better place when I was about 25 than I am now at 35. Uh, I was way more together. Um, you know, when my mom died, it, it just, it, unlocked this part of my brain I didn't know existed. I had I told I've told this story to a few people probably in private. I don't know if I ever told it on the internet. Um, when I went down to my mom's funeral, um, so she North Carolina is kind of where I was raised. I live up in Wisconsin obviously. It was about a 16 hour drive. I had to drive down there. And uh, on the drive down I sat in the back seat of the car uh, because Colin was three months old four months old. Um, so I had Colin, four-month-old Babby, driving him through West Virginia, which is a freaking nightmare, by the way. Like, the freaking mountains. I hate West Virginia. It's the worst place. Um, and, uh... Steve, you've been Westerner. Yeah, so we had, to, we had to drive through there, and, um... And... It's... I say it, and it sounds, like, metaphoric, but I need to I need to express that you're, it's the Matrix thing. Your mind makes it real. And so Colin's in the little you know, baby three-piece car seat thing where you have the handle and you pull it off the, the docking station, you know, and he's facing the back seat and that, like, you know, the, the sort of bassinet-looking thing that you... The, the baby carrier, right? So he's in that in the middle. And while I'm driving down there, I'm in, I'm such in my head. And, uh, you know, because I'm thinking about my mom and, you know, you know, the last conversation we had and all this stuff. And the entire back seat is gone. It's just me sitting there and... Uh, in the opposite seat is like 10 year old Andrew. I can see me with my dirty blonde curly hair. Um, you know, my hair darkened super to like a robust mahogany when I was, uh, you know, in puberty. But at the time, at that 10, I had this, you know, strawberry blonde, dirty blonde, super curly hair. And uh, I could see him with his like little cowboy boots, you know, because my grandpa was a farmer and he'd always send me cowboy boots and little jeans and this little like sweater vest and, you know, little cute kid. And every mile we got closer, he got a little bit closer to me. And I'm telling you, this isn't me being poetic. I sat there and I was just, I kept looking over and this mental state I was in, I, it just, until eventually he's sitting where Colin was. And I'm looking at him and I'm looking at Colin and I'm just like, we talk about pop music. Um, there's a song by Ben Folds, um, Still Fighting. Uh, it's it makes me cry every single time. There's a line in there where he he says, "And you're so much like me. I'm sorry." 
Um, and this is Good Morning Sun. I am a bird wearing a brown polyester shirt. Like it's it's fan. You want a coke, maybe some fries, a roast beef combo's only nine ninety five. It's okay, you don't have to pay. I got all the change. And it's just this like amazing song about like his when he first saw his son and he's he's raising him. And I looked at Colin and I'm like, please don't be like me. Just don't be like me. Be better than me. Be healed. And then that car ride eventually, the tiny me was sitting inside of me and then it unlocked all of these memories I had blocked. I was 27 years old. Every memory of some of the like really, really bad trauma, the stuff I still don't talk about. Um, mm-hmm. like I talk about the abuse and the physical, like some of the other stuff I don't. All of that came back. I had, I had, I had successfully partitioned off this stuff. So at 25 years old and 26 years old and 27 years old, I was, I thought I was this like paragon of myself. This, this finally I'd gone through the shit and I have achieved a supreme climb the mountain sort of positivity. And when that tiny version of me slammed back into me, it opened a floodgate of emotions I still haven't fixed my temper came back that the temper i had meditated away my uh alcoholism uh, like ramped into an uh, to being an actual thing like all of these things that weren't were there and i have been struggling now for 10 years with it um and it's uh well seven years sorry um but i've been struggling since then and it's like you know there's all the stuff that I used to do to make me feel better and to get out of it. And, uh, I'm more powerful than all this situation. I wake up every day and I fake it till I make it. And then I do. And it's like, none of it's working anymore. And it hasn't been. And, uh, so this is where I'm at the, like, I know I need therapy and COVID's making it awkward, um, to deal with it. Right. But like, I'm, I'm to the end of this. And this is kind of some of the stuff I want to talk about, but I didn't want to talk about it so bluntly. So I apologize for that. Um, where it's just like, like there's, I think there's a beauty to the world and those beacons of positivity that you find along the way um, are awesome. And uh, you are a beacon of positivity in our community and um, don't think because I'm kind of a who I am that I don't respect and appreciate it um, because it, 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 it's awesome. Um, just like with Doug and, you know, talking about him and I joke about the thing of the porch, but only because like someone else had already made that joke. And so I think it's like part of our rapport now. Um, I'm like, I mean, this is a person who, who chooses to, to find the positivity and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that discipline. Uh, I'm the guy who sees the thing and I immediately just get angry or, or not angry, but passionate and want to say the thing. I'm like, hey, I'm working on it. Sorry. No, that's fine. I I can't wait to go tell all the headless mannequins in my backyard that you uh, are working on it, because that's what matters. And jokes aside, you just got to try. One foot in front of the other. It's always about trying. Some people have easier paths. Like I said, I'm not going to lie. My path was easy, because I was already mostly here for some reason. I didn't go through a lot of bad stuff. I had a very loving family. Like I'm very blessed. So I... There's a lot of things I'm not going to be able to ever relate to on. 
I can just say that I want everyone to be happy because being happy and always looking on the positive side while still being realist. Like, I'm not saying it's rose-colored glasses. Like, I see shit. I just choose to be like, eh, I don't need to deal with that. Like, if something's not going to bat matter in five years, it's not getting more than five minutes worth of my effort as far as, like, stress. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like I said, and it's, 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 a, it's a type of freedom. And I just, I know people will get there. It's just everyone has their own path. And unfortunately, the thing is, like, like getting therapy is a great thing to do. Uh, like I said, that's nothing. You shouldn't be ashamed of getting therapy if you need therapy. Like, asking for help is the best thing anyone can do. Especially, I think, like, men have a hard time. We're told, the machismo, yeah, just man up. Yeah. yeah, like, like ask for help. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it, we... there's nothing wrong with asking for help. No. So, like, enjoy your path. And just don't stop continuing on the path. Wherever your path is, you'll get there. Well, and I, I just want to point out, you don't need to have had a story. There are people who had way, 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 way worse than me. My sister, for instance, had it, had it way worse than me, to be quite frank. Um, but, like, it, it's it's weird because, like, we feel like you have to justify how you feel if you feel, if you don't feel right. And uh, I have friends who had, like, by all measures, like, a, a, you know, like a pretty great life, but there's just something, some wire that's loose or some chemical that's out of whack or something and then they feel guilt for feeling as bad as somebody else who's had it worse and they're like but I didn't have it as worse and then that becomes an amplification to them where like I don't deserve to feel bad right now and then so they have the guilt associated with the bad feelings you know and it's like it's um I just want to say that like however you feel is valid as valid as anybody else wherever you are on the spectrum of positivity to depression to anxiety um you know whatever it is like these are difficult times um and life is hard <laughs> like it's it's hard it's tough all over for everybody you know like you just look at the i i try to look for the good parts of stuff you know i i think about that 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 great um, Sagan line, Carl Sagan, like, you know, you know, of all of the combinations of all the stuff in the universe, like, you know, that, that speck of star stuff landed here. And in all the million combinations of chance, like you exist now. And I find solace in that. Yep. That Enjoy I, it. that I could have existed. And I'm going to bring this into Miley Cyrus right now that I mm. could have existed at any point in human history or not at all. You know, I, I was probably as likely to not exist as a, as exists, but I got to exist in the same time span as David Bowie and Freddie Mercury and Maynard James Keenan and Miley mm -hmm. Cyrus. You know, I look at that and I think that there's a beauty in 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 that. There's there's actually a a line from Carl Sagan I'd like to bring up too, actually. It was in 2015, Miley Cyrus released her worst album. In 2016? 2015, sorry. Oh no. <laughs> what? Miley Cyrus and her Dead Pets is my least favorite album of hers. We're not friends. <laughs> I, know. I knew this was going to happen on this one. Oh my I, gosh. I, and I was like, I don't want to say that this is to drag it back on the on the core topic here. I don't want to say that it's an awful album. You shouldn't listen to it. Nothing on it's good. It's to me, I, I, this is her 
this is like the uh, experimental college years where you're doing things and Disagree. maybe they're not good. The one before was I, experimental I didn't, I... with all the collabs. This is where she... Okay. Um, so real yeah, quick, we're, we're going to disagree couple, on this. I have, I have a couple things on uh, in chat to, to, to catch back up on, and then we'll, we'll get to about how you're wrong. Um, so uh, the you can hold on to your own pop culture or your own pop uh, music podcast. Cool. Uh, Kicker says, uh, your terrain is looking killer. Uh, love the temple pieces, and that belt is legit. Um, yes. Um, speaking of belts, uh, we talked about like what you know if it's T Sports on on Rob's side. Uh, I'm looking forward to my boy Michael Davis's uh, 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 sort of a AOS championship whenever that gets going. Oh snap! Yeah, the raiding party has all the more incentive to show up. Um, we all uh, want to know. Chuck does think about the new DOK Underworlds unit for AOS. No, we don't. That's a whole other tangent. We're I'm going to kibosh that one. He thinks it's amazing. Uh, Miley Cyrus had a happy persona initially until the veil was shattered. See, that's an interesting take, Sajil. Yeah. I like that take. And then uh, Kicker says the Hurt Olympics aren't a thing. Everyone has a different journey, and that I 100% believe in. Like, yep. um, it pain. this goes back to the pain is relative. You know, my threshold for uh, my insomnia or my threshold for the things that stress me out is different from yours is different from yours but that kid crying on the sidewalk because their their like ice cream cone fell they feel hurt in that moment just as much as i do in fact i have a memory of dropping like i made a sandwich grew up poor blah 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 blah. i made a sandwich i went outside i dropped the sandwich on the ground you know i'm the kind of person who only ever ate school meals but i had this perfect sandwich and i dropped it on the floor I felt as bad that day with the sandwich on the floor as I did most other days of my worst bad days. You know, mm-hmm. like, because in that moment when I was like seven years old with this this perfect sandwich I had made and finally I wasn't just eating the free school meals, like, I had this extra sandwich. I felt so bad about that. And then I'm like, oh yeah, now we like, we fast forward to like some of my like horrible relationships and yada 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 and the worst day i felt in that relationship i'm like why did that feel as bad as the sandwich memory you know like why it's your world because it's your world right like it's relative and so so never ever ever again people have way way worse lives and i have a pretty awesome one of the things i'm having trouble reconciling right now is like actually by all things considered um things are going pretty great for me and I'm like, I should feel better. And that's the guilt I'm giving myself. So so it's not the Pain Olympics. I love it that way. I love I love I'm gonna steal that for for now. It's not this is not the hurt and pain Olympics. It's not a thing. Um you feel the way you did. Uh except for if you feel that this is her worst album, in which case you're simply wrong. Because this is amazing. To finish off my uh incorrect take, <laughs> uh like I said this is this is my least favorite album of her. It definitely it's it's there's a lot of weird territory that she explores in. Um, uh, there, there's more collabs in it, which is, is is a good thing. But to me, this album, like I said, it's nearly two hours long. It, it's quantity over quality. I no. feel like this could have been like yeah. Mm. It's uh 92 minutes long. Uh, so it's an hour and a half. That's not quite. Felt a lot longer. Felt a lot longer. <sighs> so. The album begins with "Do It." Uh, another, it, it, this was a good like tone setting for this album. 
I said, I don't let's say like take apart. All right, I didn't like this album. Whatever. Here's the album. Um, it to me this first song, like I said, it's tone setting, but the tone is this album doesn't know where it wants to go, but I am interested right now. Okay, like like I trust you, Miley. Where are you gonna go with this? And then we get to the second song, which is one of my favorites on this on this album, Karen Don't Be Sad. Uh, and and to me, I was like, is this in a Scott Pilgrim soundtrack? I feel like this is in a Scott Pilgrim Mountain soundtrack. Is she just making a Scott Pilgrim soundtrack? And then the next. Do you know songs, who made the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack? By the way, I don't. I don't. I don't. Back, I, I don't. Beck made the entire Scott Pilgrim. Oh, he, did he? I thought he just did the. Um, uh, was it just the title track? Like he collabed with some people, but he was the composer. Okay, I thought he just wrote Sex Bomb songs. I thought everyone. I thought there was more than just him. I knew about him as. Uh, he has some other he stuff, did... but like he was the like uh, essentially like the collaborator, the 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 right. coordinator and, of the soundtrack. And I, I will I will say this: I love the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. So like these songs, I I, I did dig them. Like Beck is, Beck is one of those musicians. Speaking of like, I mean, he was on the rock side of things, but he was pop rock really like. Yeah. Turn tables on a microphone. Wow, wow. Turn it up. Uh, and Loser's the one everyone remembers, but Devil's Haircut yeah. was the one where I'm like, hell yeah, because I thought it was funny. <laughs> Again, humor will always bring me back. If I if I could see the humor in something, you could bring me on board with it. Like, if I could see the humor in pop right. music, if I can see... And I saw the humor in Devil's Haircut. I'm like, this is amazing. But he's actually... Uh, he had a he had a, a tune on... Um, Beck had a tune on uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Free your mind will astound you. That that's back. I'm like, this is back. And then he did a uh, true love will find you in the end, which is a cover of of this you know old uh, sort of like folk homeless musician guy. And like, I can't remember his name. Oh man, I'm losing all my hipster cred right now. Go ahead. We're in the popland. I'm 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 ruining your brain right now. Sorry. Um. So yeah. So. Karen, but, don't be sad. Floyd song, something about space, dude, and space boots. I know you said you love space boots, but I, I take all of those. I'm just like, this is just her trying to do an excerpt of the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. I liked it. I did like it, but it was like this wasn't what I was wanting from Miley right now. So go ahead. I know you want to say a lot about, uh, especially space boots. I'm your favorite. Gonna, I'm just gonna let you. I'm just gonna let you finish off. Um, talking about it and then i'm going to tell you why you're wrong so i want you to like you are now the, prosecutor. the whole album you're the okay. prosecutor you're out you have the floor and uh and you're you're going so through. so after you get me this interesting beginning where i'm like i don't know what's going on but i'm interested then you can give me some scott pilgrim we get into uh fucking fucked up which breaks the tone of these first songs with a little short interlude it, it's this was an interesting one because like it's like 40 seconds or something and it goes right into bb talk uh, I did. It was interesting to see something like that. I haven't seen like that too often, like where it's like a short little ditty goes right into another song and kind of like changes the tone pretty quickly. This is, um, this is so old school, like Smash, uh, like Offspring. I'm sorry, like I said, I was gonna let yeah. you say your whole piece, but I gotta say, yep. like Offspring had the intermission song. When, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Intermission. And- Grab a like you know he is, comes in with that voice. It's the keep them separated. Yeah. Like yeah, grab yourself a nice cool drink. It's intermission, and then it goes into like the the really freaking like total punk stuff as opposed to like the sort of radio punk stuff. She does this here. It's awesome. Right. She, <laughs> Sorry, she does. You no, know, she does. But like it didn't work well because I didn't like BB talk at all. Like I said, right. I, 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 pre- I appreciate where she what she was doing. She does this twice in this album with these yeah. little yeah. ditties. Right. Um, 
Then we get into to Fuiki, which was an okay song. It wasn't like anything super catchy for me. Like I said, didn't hate it. Bang Me Box, which gets more of that funky feeling. Um, which, and like I said, I say here, I am shocked at how much I love Miley doing like a funky beat voice type thing. It just, she just does it well. I don't know if that's like her strong suit, but like I just love it. Uh, then we go into it's Milky the, Milky it's Milk, ja- it's which the, it's the it's the jazz thing, which she's pretty she's pretty good at. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, next is oh yeah, sorry, go ahead. So Milky Milky Milk is her. Uh, literally, she becomes a Buddhist in this song. This is her. Uh, like <laughs> she's been a a like hyper angle angle Christian country music pop star her whole life. Milky Milky Milk is like her like. By the way, I'm a Buddhist coming out song. It's a it's awesome. How could you not I, like this song? I I did I didn't hate this song. I just like I don't like I don't know what the fuck's going on with this. One. And this is her like this is literally her like Buddhist anthem. Like I'm I'm willing to accept that that one went way over my head. I'm willing to accept that. Okay, all right. Uh, it, then we get to this is like she's like I'm, this is the I'm a Buddhist now song. It's amazing. It's awesome. Ma- Sorry, <laughs> it's fine. And then we get the slab of butter. Another all right song. I wasn't really feeling it, but it, like I said, it it's it's generally it's, you know it's not a, not a terrible song. Then we get to the I'm so drunk into I forgive you, so it's another little tonal change moment, um, which is weird. Like I didn't like the BB talk the other one, but like I thought that that transition was better than this one. Mm-hmm. So this um, is where like I think this is she does have a breakup around this album's time period. I don't know if it was like Liam or if it was who or one of the Jonas Brothers or whatever. She does have a breakup around this album, but I don't want to be that lazy taker who says this is the breakup album because like other music, there's so. Pardon me. Oh man, I'm so sorry. There's so much more going on here than the breakup album, you know. Like, but I, but like you're going to like Ava Adore, Smashing Pumpkins, Billy, uh, uh, Billy Corgan. That was his quote unquote divorce album, but it's still like what the freaking best because like apart from like the two songs where it's like these are the breakup songs and then the rest got cut from the album it's some of his best sort of like lyrical work um uh we talked about like the positivity stuff and like how i struggle like on a on a certain axiom i will always believe that artists gotta suffer just a little bit to like hit that brain part where like art true art exists robin williams robin williams bipolar one of the funniest, warmest, most engaging individuals in in our zeitgeist, right? Like the genie redefined mm-hmm. what it means to be a voice actor for Disney, against his mm-hmm. wishes, by the way. Um, like, but like he struggled with the bipolar the whole time. Like you, you got to hit that other side of the palette, the flavor palette, so that you can, you know, you see the dawn until you've seen the night. Right, and and this yeah. is this is. For me, this is that album. Like, this is where I think she has some real, like, to, like. Go on. This, yeah, this is to me like this is the work. Like, I, I didn't like this. My least favorite album. And it, like, yeah, she's going Disgusting. into the dark darkness. So, um, disgusting. So yeah, I, I'm so drunk is the transition to I forgive you so from good. their tonal change. Yeah. Um, this is another intermission get, type thing. Yep. Like we're uh, ah, intermission. This is another yep, one of those. I, let's see. I get. I get so scared. It's a sweet little song, and the song right after it, lighter. Another sweet little song, uh, both enjoyable. Uh, then there's Tangerine. Like I said, it gets a bit trippy in parts, but it's a solid listen song. Like yeah. I'll put that on again. It'll be like one of those ones. I'm like, I, yeah, oh I, yeah, let's put that back on. Sure. Um, there's Tiger Dreams, which just would not end. That's fair. <laughs> it's like, that's fair. Eh. Um, 
evils but a shadow it really wasn't that memorable to me like none of it connected to me uh i could see how it could connect to some people for me it was it was i will call it a miss um cyrus skies to me hidden gem on this album it okay. feels like a low carb bond theme Okay. Like if it, if this was just like turned up, like I think it's a seven on the Bond level. If it, it hit up to that ten, I think like this could be like a Bond song, but like it's on a seven. Um, I'm really, I, I do really love One Sun, uh, chill forward moving beat. Um, Miley Tibetan Bowls. This feels like she was just like there and she's like, "Fuck it, I'm doing this," and I loved it. It's just Tibetan Bowls and her just like singing along. This yeah, is part of the progression it, of her becoming a Buddhist Buddhist. Yeah, this 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 was really good. Like I said, I I, I didn't I like whenever these types of things pop into albums. Like it's just like screw it, I'm doing this. I'm like okay, cool, I appreciate that. Uh, and then uh, Pablo the Blowfish, it's a fun, cute little song. It, it, it to me, this feels like it inspired um, Kesha's uh, Godzilla song. Maybe. If you heard that off, it's like it's just it's it's just cute. It's just a cute little story. I don't think it has any meaning to anything else, and then it's cute. I liked it. I think uh, she's then, super high when she wrote the song. Absolutely, should be true. That's fine. This is this is her yellow submarine, man. This is this yeah, is the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, and then we end with uh, Twinkle Song. It's another cute little song. Like I said, that's the the third part of this album. Is like it's cute, a little bit more so, upbeat. So like like I can see the progression on this 100. percent Like even though it's my least favorite album, there's a narrative where it starts out melancholy gets really messed up trying to find yourself and then it's coming into the light at the end i see that 100 percent. i don't want to say that that's the humor not there again. she finds the humor right. again like um uh so like for and this is where we're just always going to disagree and like mm. like cool you know like i'm nothing against you but like this is the one this is her album where uh i didn't give a crap about miley cyrus apart from like ha 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 party in the usa is funny before right right and uh we have a song at the end we'll talk about during the hannah montana era but that came you know like i i almost didn't even know that they were the same person with that song right um uh this is for me this is where again this is where you get that like this is where she becomes an artist to me this is where she gets that little hit of darkness that little she sm- she's only ever up until this point had sort of her, her, her connections and people have been writing tracks this is the self produced album this is the one she produced this right. is mo- this is the most miley we've gotten to date and I, I i will say this there's no title track to this song because i would count that third part as the title track because the third part is miley as who she wants to be and then the dead pet is pablo both blowfish because it dies (laughs) like that's the that's the title track is the third part but this was an independently released self-produced album that she released for free on soundcloud Mm -hmm. she did this this was her passion project Anything Miley Cyrus was or will be is in this album. This is her. This is her. 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 Her yellow submarine moment. This is it. For me, this is when she became. You've got performer. You've got musician. This is when she became an artist. This is when she reconciled the. the she. She came. She. She hit up. You know, like I joke about the. Yeah, there's a breakup song in here. There's a, a space boots. is basically a breakup song, and it's my favorite song on the album. 
because it's so, like, on the nose and weird that I'm like, I get you. <laughs> like, I finally, that was the sharp, I, I, I talk about it all the time, I will always talk about it because this is this is a Mephisto special, the sharp edges in, in gaming, the sharp edges in music, the sharp edges in art. That's, like, the Sharp Edge song for me. That's the one that I pricked my finger on, and, like, I will always remember that time I pricked my finger, you know, on that song. Space Boots, like, she displays, because we're all vegan, like, I've never hurt anything intentionally, like, and she just, like, lilts through this, like, amazing sort of, like, stream of consciousness. This is how I write poetry, is, like, I get so frustrated or sad or angry, or energetic, or happy, that I can't, it, my brain isn't connecting the right way. And I'm like, I need to just take whatever's going on up here, and I need to put it down on paper real quick. And then, like, I get this weird sort of thing, and then I look back, and I'm like, okay, hey, that makes sense. I just need to change some words through this. And then I've got a, I've got a poem. That was... If we're gonna... Yeah, go ahead. Sure, go ahead. You know, no, 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 finish no. your point. Oh, I'm I just say, like, uh... Yeah. Space Boots is like that for me. I'm like, oh, dude, okay. like Space Boots. I'm like, I've been in that headspace. I have been yeah, no, there, yep. like, recounting a re- relationship. Where did I screw it up? Or And, like, it's weird because I hate breakup music. Like, I, I just, like, breakup music is the worst type of music. It's, But I'm like, this is a breakup song. But it's, like, the best breakup song ever written. Because, like, nobody's going to listen to it. Like, it's only, it, what makes it the best breakup song ever is it's, it's not made to be a popular breakup song, hitting the familiar notes that all the breakup songs hit. It is her breakup song, so independently and uniquely her, in a way that, like, because that you talk about, like, where you're, like, on the re- resonant level with pop music, that's where you're at. Right. That's where, like, I just, like, boom. And, like, I'm in a super happy relationship, so, like, of course... Like, whatever Molly's breakup song, and I, that, that'll never happen. But, like, no breakup song equates to what that would look like. But that equates to, like, what, like, I, in my flamboyant sense, like, you're literally on the moon. You know, like, space boots with your space suit. Like, like you confuse me so much. Like, it's just, yeah, that's what that looks like because it's something I can't even conceive of. It's amazing. It's it's so good, and she she displays her she lays herself out there in this very point of fact. She she reconciles the fact that we've had some drug. Uh, this is where like oh she smokes the marijuana, you know, like it was going into 2015, and she's like yeah, and she releases this album where she talked about her drug usage, sitting there watching a movie, but she gets way too high because you're not there to smoke the other half of her weed. Like it's so good. It's so good. So I love Space Boots. Me, so like if you take if you take a balance point and, and this will kind of sum it up so we've had on the far left side let's just say um her pop this is her swinging past middle because when you go so far on one direction and you're coming the other way you're going to overshoot that middle point to me this is her, her overshooting that balance point of who she is i don't think she wants that here i i think so because the next album is where I think she self-corrects and finds her balance and finds herself. I think the pop comes back in. I think this is where she was her truest self. Um, this is not. This the is most her raw. Point. This is her rawest self. Yes. Rawest self, yes. but it's not her true self. This is a semantic debate. This is the raw artist coming through. This is her. This is the self-produced album. 
this is her unpolished, un, un raw. Yeah, sure, raw. Like she collaborated yeah. with the Flaming Lips to produce this one. One of the mm-hmm. and I love like uh, uh, I have never smoked uh, smoked the, the dope. Uh, I've told this story before. My mom was bipolar. She self medicated with everything from heroin to cocaine to like I watched it all as a seven year old mm-hmm. kid into my teenage years. And I said I am not strong enough to not ever have a vice. So I picked alcohol because Irish, and I'm like, it just made sense. And so I've been, I've had my battles with alcohol ever since. But because I went to parties, I mentioned the metalhead kid. I would go to these things, these parties. If I had a beer and someone offered me any of the drugs, I could be like, drinking. I don't mix my drinking with other stuff. And that became like a, a like a shield against doing other stuff. Um, so like I've, I've always stuck to just kind of my, like one vice, um, it's interesting, but like I, I super respect the like that she just did tons of drugs and made this album. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like like like, like like she. This is the one where she just like she was like you could see the song where she like she was drunk as fuck for this one. She was high as fuck for this one. Like, and I like I'm seeing this is the most real I I I get of her, and she. And and what what got me on this tangent is I, I love like psychedelic rock. I love like right. Caius, Queens of the Stone Age, uh, 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 Deep Purple, uh, Captain Beyond, like um, Red Red Meat. Like I love psychedelic rock. This is her most psychedelic album by far yeah. and away. And it's it's it, it, I, it's definitely like the views between where we think she's become her true self is very much based upon our personalities at this point. And where we are as as persons, like, there's a reason why I think that's her worst album, and it's because of who I am. But for that same coin, that's why you that album. I just, I just, which is fine. I just see someone opening the opening themselves up, going too far, like you said. Um, This is why I love In Age of Sigmar. I want the models to go too far, right? This is the this is the I to death deepkin or ko or, or ko like it went too far point. That well, like that's like said, we'll, we'll, you can you can rein it back in after that, right? Like I can rein that back in right. with with my conversions. Look at this segue. Look at this making this pertinent to Age of Sigmar. <laughs> if you understand why I love this album, and you hear me talk about Age of Sigmar, you'll understand my viewpoint on Age of Sigmar. That's why I I'm fascinated by doing this episode. I want them to go too far. I will rein it back in. This is where she goes too far, and I freaking love it. That's what psychedelic metal often is is it goes too far and it's weird and you don't quite understand it but like if you could ever get into that headspace where they were in when they tried to make it whether through insomnia or or like you had a bad breakup or whatever it is that got them into that too far place like right this is i love this and 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 just to i'll let you i'll let you jump back in and so on and so forth but i just need to point out that I wouldn't be listening to Miley Cyrus and we wouldn't be doing this episode if it weren't for this album. And I wouldn't have listened to this album if it weren't for for, uh, for my friend uh, Shanna Berry Blast on Twitch here. She does a bunch of retro gaming, but for her donation incentives, she would do acoustic songs. And she did Space Boots. She, acoustically, she grabbed her ukulele. <laughs> she grabbed a ukulele, <laughs> played it live on Twitch, and sang Space Boots. And I'm like, what is this intoxicating song? 
like, what is this amazing tune that she just sang? And she said, some of you might recognize it. I'm like, so I had to, like, do the, like, lyric search where you, like, look up some of the lyrics you can kind of barely remember. And you just, like, end up in a bunch of random... Yeah. And you ran up in a a bunch of random directions. And then, like, I find him like, that's fucking Miley Cyrus? Because up until this point, (laughs) my experience with Miley Cyrus was uh, The Climb, uh, Wrecking Ball, and Party in the USA. I'm like, that's her? That's that artist? And then I'm like, and this is the free one? This is the one she released for free to SoundCloud in 2015, right in the zeitgeist of how we consume music. This isn't right. the, the sell you a single. This isn't the sell you, like, a, a CD, which is an even more antiquated thing. This isn't get you to uh, smash the button on iTunes. She sold you the whole... Th- she gave it to you all for free on SoundCloud. It was so plugged in. It was so, for me, progressive. It was just prog rock right that's a whole you know genre you know the talking heads and stuff like that was for me it was like just the most progressive you talk about like what the person we think she is and so on and so forth i'm like this is the person this is the progressive molly cyrus not just as a as a you know buddhist not just in their politics is super big in the uh, lgbtq community like like this is the progression of miley cyrus this is where she really plugs into for me the what what the world looks like and should be and it's magical i'm sorry i talked over you like four times there but it's fine i'm just trying to trying to keep this moving along because it's getting past chucky's bedtime my bad dude (laughs) so we can talk about the the, the other less important albums now let's go uh younger now so i think uh one of her more important albums 2017 um to me this is where she's found her voice she's come back to that balance point i'm loving it it's it's probably my favorite of her true full albums um and i say that with a little caveat that'll come here when we get to the backyard sessions um so this starts out younger now uh starts out in the it's like a it's a good starts out the album on the right foot it's a great track we get the malibu which to me is one of those all-time favorite songs from miley that's that's top three at least so, if not top two so my uh, reaction to uh to malibu was hippie time like question mark like oh it's hippie time she's got like the the pseudo like telecaster guitar which had that really like twangy wowie electric noise so she's like that's being played in the background is like it's it might not be a telecaster but i always associate it with the the uh uh you know the old telecaster guitar like going like because it's got that really wowie wowie um Jimmy Page was very famous for using a Telecaster on certain songs, like Tangerine, right? Um, that's where I'm like, is she? This is the hippie. This is her hippie phase. Like, this is where she goes, like, like hippie. I will, I will, yeah, yeah. I will say that um, the reason why this song sticks so well for me is because I heard it literally driving to the beach with my wife, and it was like 90 degrees and windows were down, and this was just perfect. It was every, it was every feeling I had going to the beach with my wife in this song. I loved it. Oh, and you made me listen so. to this one. And this was the one off of this album, and I'm like, I'm I'm on yeah. board with it. I, I don't like uh, ever ever since um, you know the the Dead Pets. Like I'm like I am a Miley fan at that point. <laughs> Everything right. she's made after and retroactively before, I'm like I can see it coming together. Uh, this is her reining it in though, and I'm like, you can go. This, for this it. is me. This is, <laughs> this is this is her reaching her natural balance point. 
Okay. Uh, and I'll say that with what's coming up at the albums next. But all right, we get uh, Rainbow Land, which is a song she does with Dolly Parton. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Weekend Without You, Gentle Rock. Uh, it fits the album's theme nicely, which like it's not too hard. It's just good. Uh, Miss You So Much, another solid song. This one's kind of forgettable in regards to this album as a whole. You know, this probably would succeeded better on other earlier albums. It'd be like more of a standout. But here, it's like okay, it's just the song. Um, I would die for you. Uh, it's yeah. What I put here, it feels like spring and is refreshing enough with a country twang. <laughs> that's that's what I felt I, with this I, one. I need to I need to reiterate that uh, like after um, where was it? Um, Voice maturing at Liberty Walk. Which album was that? Remember? Uh, just scroll up a little bit here. Um, after that one point, before. Can't, can't be tamed. Can't be tamed. Okay. After that point, Miley has grown into her voice. She really, she is really good at vocal control and evoking mm-hmm. emotions and knowing when to go into her lilt, when to going into her like super poppy, like sort of like bubble gummy, like hitting the soprano notes, um, and when to get it, bring in that rasp. And she's very like, like it, it reminds me, and this is where like the Stevie Nicks comparison really comes in for me. Like it's, it's a, you're going to know it's Miley now. Like you could, like that rasp and that like, but that ability to balance it through those other sort of like progressions. This is where we get a lot of that in, in younger now, I think where she just, right. Especially the song thinking, which is next. It, 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 it's her fierce attitude with that voice. Yeah. That's been developed. Yeah. It's just perfect. Um, then we have Bad Mood. It's a moody and good song. Slow and steady. It does have some beats of pop uh, and country kind of mixed together. It's not country pop. It's just like pulling from both genres in a nice balance. Like I said, which is to me, this is the balance album. Yeah, This, this is the opposite of that like trying to reconcile it album we talked about before where like it didn't, you know, that EP. All right, continue. They're, 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 they're go- the, both of those genres are working and they're not fighting anymore. Right, yeah, perfectly. Love same. some... Uh, love someone next one uh to me is like an edgy 50s rock feel and my note on this one was the dude abides <laughs> it just yeah. it just feels like it would fit there perfectly yeah, just you know a biden the song um, is a biden i love it then uh she's not him uh, kind of a classic slow song uh it's not really a lasting one to me like i said nothing hit me to make me connect it to i wanted to stay in my mind uh inspired uh it's a good song to use as an ending uh, ties up the theme from the beginning, and like I said, it kind of leaves me wanting more because this album was a little bit shorter. It felt like I think like a few more songs would have been good. Maybe I'm just spoiled by Taylor Swift putting like 18 albums that are all great on an album, but um, yeah, like I said, I, I like this album. To me, this is where she's reached her natural balance point. This this is where she's like, this is who I am. This is who I enjoy. I don't care what people think because I've been high. I've been low. This is this is where I'm at. I like your read on it. Uh, mine's of course is like because we are different reads. Uh, I think this is where she is. Um, I think this is where she has uh, reconciled it and she it's, dialed it back a little bit. Like she's she's put her foundation down. Like I think I want to hear Miley in another ten years. Does that make sense? Like I want to hear her when she can get funky with it. You know, like when she well, can really. See- Okay. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you need to wait ten years because we're gonna go right into twenty nineteen where she is coming, twenty nineteen. Because is, this is the, an EP now, so this isn't a full studio album. Right. Uh, and this is honestly like, like she's doing this as a prequel for what's releasing this year. Okay. 
uh, and actually note like less than a, like a week ago she released another song so I get I had to, I was able to get it in but so younger now she found that balance she laid her foundation she's like this is my balance point and then she goes she is coming to me it's a good listen it's a nice taste of, of what's to come from Miley because now's where she's like, like I know that I know who I am. Now she's going to do that, reach and expand that zone, and that's where you're going to get closer to that darker side with her solid foundation of where she's at and younger now. Mm-hmm. So it starts out with mother's daughter. Like I said, continuing to evolve, push it. Um, you know, she's an, she's like she's a solid artist. Uh, it's a nice, like, subtle. I put anthem style song. I don't know if that's right. Um, followed up by Unholy, another one of my top favorite Miley songs. Uh, and this is more in line with, you know, that, that uh, her, uh, Miley Cyrus and her so, dead pets theme. So so my like notes this. here are experimental again, finally. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like, it's, it's experimental, but she knows where she's at. She knows the baseline, I think, for herself. Okay. Uh, then there's Dream. Uh, it's a nice little step. It's kind of like a hip-hop type thing for Miley. I really enjoyed. Um, and, oh, by the way, like, all these... Um, like I think a lot more on here. I also had more um, uh, collabs. I just stopped recording names because like, she collabs with everybody and she does it really well. Uh-huh. Catitude was next. It was all right. Uh, it had a good beat. The song didn't really feel special to me. Um, uh, it was funny. Probably her um, humor coming back in, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Catitude's definitely about the humor. Um, uh, Party Up the Street, another simple song, kind of forgettable. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and then the most, I forget, like, I forgot to put notes down for that one. I think it was just another one. It's like, yeah, it's a decent song. Um, it's a short album. Good listen. Taste of what's to come. Because this year, she's releasing She Is Miley Cyrus. We had She Is Coming. She Is Miley Cyrus. So this is like a theme back to back with what she's doing here, which I really well, like, like that. I like, mean, she, in, in a weird sort of zoomed out way, she has been trying to become Miley Cyrus. She announces, hey, I'm Miley Cyrus. But needing to mm-hmm. truly insert Miley Cyrus. This is that transition that, like, that uh, Britney failed at. Britney did not break away from the mold of here is the what that quintessential pop star looks like for your time and place, right? Um, I think the greatest success, and and I'll uh, you can be mad at me for this one, but I think Miley Cyrus has has succeeded at something that like even Tay Tay hasn't, which is. Like, Tay-Tay is an artist, and she is firmly... She's always... The the thing, the appeal of her, she's always been, like, she's always been very hands-on in her own creative process. They weren't just, like, feeding her her songs to sing and stuff like that. But she, she hasn't... Her experiments were always, like, studio side. She hasn't really, like, truly her side experimented. And that's where I... I, I will caveat you with Folklore was her doing that, finally. Okay. But I'll agree with you for most of work. Fol- folklore is her doing what she wants to do. Everything else be damned. Okay. Okay. And and so, like, yeah. Miley's got that out of the way now. And so she's done yeah. something where, like, she's been able to, like, do the Disney star, jump into full pop stardom, which is a hard jump, right? Like, yeah. two of them have successfully done it. I guess we, we uh, Drake, too, from, like, what, Fagazi or whatever kind of did it, too. Not Fagazi. Yeah. Um, people know what I'm talking about. Um, but, like, making that jump from, like, TV show thing, you age out, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's done kind of the impossible at this point. And now she has been on this quest to assert who she is for such a long time. Yeah, go ahead. So so with She Is Miley Cyrus coming out, it's it said 2020 release. I don't know if that's still on pace. I imagine it might be. Did they push it back? I, I don't know. I don't, I'm skeptical. Yeah. I don't think it will. It, we've had a bunch of new YouTube videos, like August 18th, I think, yeah. is even, like... 
the recentest video I saw from her. Yeah. Um, so we have Nothing Breaks Like a Heart, which has been out for at least a year now. Um, great song. I loved it. It's another, I mean, it's another collab. You're going to have to vamp here for a while. Haywo says, walks in, hey guys, what's going on in this? And just like dead pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, so I guess just in general, uh, even though we disagree a little bit, me and Mr. Meth, uh, and I'll kind of go into this right now, because um, my conversion, obviously, thanks to uh, nice hobby bear, Brendan, um, uh, for my Sylvaneth army, I used Miley Cyrus as the baseline, so Miley Cypress, and I kind of like the comparison in hindsight now, looking at Miley's journey through all this album, all these albums, and Alario's, because I think Alario has the most character developing story I've seen in Warhammer Fantasy to Age of Sigmar. And I think Miley has one of the most interesting and elaborate uh, kind of d- developing narrative within herself with, with, with frames from the music, like personal stuff aside. So really interested to see what happens with this uh, upcoming release uh, or whenever it happens, whether it's 2020 or 2021, because I think she's really kind of reaching out and I'm kind of curious where she's going to go and where she's going to experiment. But I also know much to... Meph's uh, chagrin. She's going to have that baseline into the pop. I think that's going to just always remain. So that'd be a good one. And actually, I wonder if I can bring up Twitch chat and see what you guys are chatting about. Let's see. Oh, there's only three of you here. Oh, that makes. I'm surprised there's three of you. Two viewers. Oh, we're losing them. We're losing them. What are we doing? My boomer ass is googling her right now. <laughs> Oh God! Oh God! Yeah, yeah. I say, just listen back to this uh, episode, Haywell. You'll know everything you need to know about Miley. But where Mister Meth went? Oh, he's back. He's back. My boomer ass is googling her right now. Okay, so it's a girl. Uh, I started talking, I looked at chat, and then someone left, so, uh... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but Nothing Breaks Like a Heart. Uh, I love it, good collab, strong Miley voice. Uh, and then, just very recently, Midnight Sky, another wonderful, it's a great, like, late-night beat feel yeah. song. That, that one's good, yeah. That's, that's one yeah. of the other ones I, I listened to on accident, because it came up in, in like, that autoplay, and I was taking notes, so... Yeah, yeah, like I said, that literally just released, like, couple days ago so yeah uh promising august, august 18th i think that's the one i'm like oh yeah. crap. yeah uh yeah so i'm excited to see where she's gonna go uh with this one uh it may not be far enough for you mr meth but uh I, I think it's gonna be far enough for me i want her to go full on queens of the stone age like psychedelic rock with like jazz and country bluegrass roots i want that miley in the future um, so I hope she's obviously listening to this right now. Um, yep, big she, fans. She hears me. Uh, huge fans. Like it's weird because like we both had like different journeys to get here. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I mentioned uh, uh, Shannaberry Blast, and she did the acoustic thing with uh, Space Boots, and that made me listen to uh, you know the Pets album. And I'm just like, right. mm. like that was where. <laughs> uh, so Molly, uh, I mentioned kind of earlier on. Molly was like. Um, you should have been listening to Hannah Montana to prep for this episode, and like clearly I did not. Um, 
we should have been watching this together. I would have got you prepped. But, like, then I, I pull out Miley's song she's never heard before, and she's like, how do you... What? You know, like, type thing? Because she, she was the demographic for this. She's five years younger than me. Like, Hannah Montana was her world. Right. You know, like, that yep. was... You know, in the same way, like, that was, you know, and then listening to Miley Cyrus, I mean, she's, Carrie Underwood's her favorite musician, but, like, you know, like, that sort of, like, that that aggressively marketed pop star. And I think something I've kind of arrived on is I don't think Miley Cyrus, specifically Miley Cyrus, was aggressively marketed. Because as we've kind of gone back through this, she got a lot of the B-tier stuff. I feel like the, the, where she broke through it was where she took agency this is where like i think that madonna meta- metaphor is, is is perfect like she had just enough clout to like put enough of herself in her music because if she couldn't she would have just she would have just been crushed under how many other forgettables right right but uh like that, i mean that wraps up her key albums like if you if if that's all you wanted from this chat you could turn it off now but if you want some bonus material stick around so this is uh, backyard sessions. So we've said, and this has been a theme throughout, and she crushes covers. Yeah. Oh yeah. But for me, she becomes a rock star when you listen to her cover of of Jolene in the oh, backyard. My, yeah. Like so, yeah. you have these backyard uh, sessions, which is oh go go ahead. Maybe maybe you can frame saying, what are the backyard sessions and what are, yeah. So there's there's two, uh, 2012 and 2015. 2012 is just, and that's the one with Jolene. It's just two songs, and this is part of um, her organization, and it is like a hippie thing. I, I forget what it's called, but Happy Hippie Music is literally her uh, yes. philanthropist yeah. uh, venture or whatever. My overall take treating these as a whole, this is a must listen for not only Miley Cyrus fans, but just fans and lovers of great music. Because every like everything about it is just enjoyable. It's enjoyable to watch. It's enjoyable to listen, and you could just put these on over and over again. So, uh, uh, happy 2012. Hippie, sorry, Happy Hippie Foundation. That's her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Link it in the chat. I'm sure Miley will appreciate that. <laughs> no, so, I mean the it, first from two. No, it's it's. I mean, I I need to bring this up. Uh, it's works uh, fight for injustice yeah. facing homeless youth. LGBTQ youth and other vulnerable vulnerable populations, like she is uh, since 2015. Like she, uh, sorry, that was 2014. She like gains her like she she's been nudging towards that. She came out as pansexual when she was 14 years old to her mother. Like she, I mean that wasn't a that wasn't a like. This has multiple sources, by the way. If you look at the Wikipedia, you can trace all the the sources back through, and you can keep going back. Like, like she came out as pansexual before pansexual was really in the zeitgeist as like even terminology for like the the the, the spectrum of uh you know the sexuality and 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 gender. Like, it, like, and then they're just like, okay, honey, that's nice, and like, and and so like this is a grand. She's not grandstanding. This has been part of. I think part of what we're feeling with her who she is, who she wants to be, and so on and so forth. Part of the thing that I think is really, really awesome in the Dead Pet, uh, Dead Pets album is that she is really coming to terms with, early on, that fly on the wall where, like, I, I, like, I look back on that song and I'm like, she was already new 
the struggles of who she truly was and like how does she bring that to the foreground which is why this whole thing has been you know this is you know now miley right that's the new theme right now with these albums because getting this sort of like what were once terms that nobody knows what the heck pansexual is in 2007 or whenever she first got her start but by 14 she had already mentioned it to her mom like it's it's I think there's a really cool progression of this this artist who's been trying to break out of a very pop culture centric world that she has a bunch of advantages in, but like you you want to use those advantages to become who you ultimately are, right? Like if you get a leg up, use it to you know, don't just fall into that comfort zone of like okay i got a leg up and i get comfortable she hasn't gotten comfortable she's always been trying to like push the boundaries i, I i'm a i'm a miley fan like i i really am i but after you see the progression of of her story and her narrative through her music you you understand a lot more like i said and keep in mind this is like middling with when this was happening but uh like i said so first song for backyard sessions 2012 uh liliac white wine to me, this one drags you through memories, both good and bad, of current and past loves. It just that's 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 it's just it's a good proper like sit down with a nice drink and just listen, and you'll 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 go on a little adventure with it. Um, next up, the second song. There's actually three. Look what they've done uh, to my song, Ma, which is another cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people have covered this song, so when I look back on it, I'm just like, who? Wow. Okay. Um, it definitely captures Miley's love of that classic country feel. Uh, I think the way she sang the song, she based it on kind of like a uh, re- the rendition and like love of her father's career, hmm. like in that true country. And then obviously we go to Jolene, which is Dolly Parton song. It's a cover. It needs to be not only listened to by all, but felt by all. I can't explain t- to you how much Miley kills this song in such a positive way. Her, I mean, so this like, is. It- if you ever seen if you ever seen like an athlete when they're like just kind of chilling hanging out and then it's like three two one go and their face just changes and they're warrior mode like you've seen that switch turn on instantly when you're watching the video of her singing like while it's setting up she's just kind of like dancing and bobbing and as soon as she opens her mouth to go sing like you can see in her eyes like she becomes what she needs to be for this song well it's it's, it's that released right before bangers but she would have been in the middle of recording bangers when she does this, right? So she's got all of the tools of who Miley Cyrus will be in, in our modern context at this point. Um, she has all those tools. And at this point, she just she just locks in. And it's so... I I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dolly. You're kind of, you're kind of punk rock as fuck. Right? So like, big ups, big love. Like, to her, she just, uh, uh, Dolly Parton just released, like, a really awesome progressive statement about, like, the world. Like, Dolly Parton continues to crush it. Like, th- she is she is the poster child for most crushing it for the longest period of time <laughs> one can be. But, Actually, like, I'll, I'll caution everybody. There's, I found a live version of Miley and uh, Dolly singing this together. And it, it's worse. It's worse for it. I like, I like the way Dolly sang it. I love the way Miley sang it. You put them together trying to sing it, I'm just like, mm, please both stop. Don't do that again. <laughs> but, like, I, I mean, 
I mean, Dolly had the original Wind Beneath My Wings and stuff like that, and then Whitney Houston just, like, broke off the knob and, like, cranked into the sixth gear and, like, threw the knob out the yep. window, right? Like, I mean, Dolly Parton doesn't begrudge people from doing that because she's a she's a fantastic performer, voice, figure, so on and so forth, but, like, she laid that foundation, right? And then, like, she's happy to see people build, like, upon it. And, uh, right. and that's, I mean, and, and you have this just amazing Dolly is a goddess right. it's and true it, it's true but you have the I mean this that's on, oh, no it's just like when I heard uh, uh, Miley Cyrus do, do Jolene I talked about mm-hmm. where uh, retroactively or retrospectively I think she became a musician type thing or, or artist was what I said like because you have performer musician and artist and that doesn't mean that they're like ranks one two three that doesn't mean that like one's better than the other um but like it was like a job class you know like to acquire like i have each one like you can uh put all your shells into trying to be a performer and then you become marilyn manson because he's not the best musician he's and he's 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 an okay artist he's a good performance artist but he's not like a he is boom 100 percent artist he is a performer uh... there's a point where Miley Cyrus has just like actually crushed all three right and for me uh, go ahead yeah I was like wrap up your thought because like I said I got only not much time left before when I I heard Jolene like and and what I I I had listened to and what we've talked about here I'm like when I heard her do Jolene she gained this like extra credibility to all three which is appreciator of all of the above like, because she gave honor to the source material. Like, um, there's a point when Nine Inch Nails, I talked about how I listened to Nine Inch Nails today. That's what I started my day on at work. And I listened to some podcasts and I listened to some other music at the end. Trent Reznor has Hurt. You have Johnny Cash covers Hurt. And uh, I realized at a certain point in time, uh, I wasn't singing the Nine Inch Nails version of Hurt anymore. I was singing the Johnny Cash version Cash, of Hurt. Yeah, because it's better. <laughs> and Trent Reznor himself said, it's no longer my song, it is Johnny Cash's song. And uh, I yep. think it was uh, uh, Chris Cornell who says, because he, he also covered A Rusty Cage, and he says, you know you made it when Johnny Cash covers you. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so you, you can't... The... Be... And... Go ahead. No, no, no. As a spe- speaking of that... Um... You know you've made it whenever you sing with Joan Jett, and you, you you do Joan Jett just as good as Joan Jett's doing Joan Jett in the same song, and and with diff- which is different, which is the next, which is the first song of the 2015 Backyard Sessions. It's just amazing. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like, and and Miley makes Jolene her song, and that's right. really the like the takeaway, and all of the respect to Dolly, but like. I, want I, don't think Dolly, I don't think Dolly would disagree. I don't think she'd if, disagree. If she'd I like, want yep. to hear Jolene, I want to hear Miley's version now. And I'm just like, I'm such a... We spent three hours talking about how I'm a music snob to point out how much of a concession that is for me. Yep. The music snob. All right, man. Yeah, uh, right. Right, we'll finish strong now. Yep, so so like I said, just mentioned different with Joan Jett. Like, Joan Jett being a song improves it. Miley crushes it and does Joan Jett just as well as Joan Jett does Joan Jett. Mm-hmm. Um, followed up by No No Freedom, again, uh, like I said, sweet slow song. This is great. Like you know, it gives you like that cool autumn day listening. Like you put on a scarf, put on the uh, get, grab the pumpkin spice latte and just enjoy this one. 
Uh, and and by, by the way, like most of these, again, are collabs. Um, so then uh, Androgynous in 2015, it's a happy ditty. Uh, there's some humor in it. It's got some star talent all around. Like I said, Joan Jett's in this one again. I can't remember the, uh, the, the, the lead singer on it and the guitarist. For which one? Uh, for the collab. Uh, androgynous mm-hmm. 2000 uh and then that same singer stays and does true trans soul rebel great so, throwback very classic punk rock style so oh. so this is laura laura jane grace um laura thank, jane, there you go thank you uh laura jane grace uh uh is a trans uh uh mm-hmm. trans musician um she is amazing one of my uh, this is from uh against me uh, one of my absolute, absolute favorite bands, uh, punk rock. Um, um, yeah, I, I didn't know about her, but after listening to this, it's like I want to go find go, out more about uh, uh, her, her art. Black me out. Look Black for, me out. Okay. Look for the it, the song "Black Me Out." Uh, there's two versions of it. There's like a like sort of pre-transition version, and then there's a post-transition version. Listen to both, and have your heart just. Oh, so good. Laura Jane Grace is, uh, she's, uh, she's the hero we deserve. Uh, and against (laughs) me is this amazing, like just pure punk folk punk band out of its time. Yep. Like true trans soul rebel that she sings with, with Miley, uh, is the classic punk. It's great. Well, that's because like against me has like, the the pure mm. punk, but the, I, it, yeah, yeah. Check out Lord 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 Jane Grace, uh, and, and uh, I mean this is my like plug, and uh, against me, like, hmm, so good. That was next on my list is to follow up more on her. So so after that we get peace will come according to plan. Uh, it's like a little melancholy song about hope is what I felt from it. Uh, then next up we have Yaw Baby. Uh, and like I said, Peace Will Come, Yaw Baby, I, I don't know who the collab is on it, because uh, I forgot to write it down. But Yaw Baby is really interesting, because like, it's a backyard session with Miley, and she's in the video. She steps aside, and she just lets the per- people she's collab with, and she's like, you guys do this song, I don't need to be a part of this. Which is such a, such a cool thing. Like, this is her thing, and Miley's like, I can't do better, you do this. Yeah. Um, and then she does another version of Look What They've Done to My Song Ma. Um... But even just the three-year difference between 2012 and 2015 on this one, it, it's showing the improvement that she's had in her ability and her comfort and knowledge of who she is. Uh, after that, don't dream it. Don't dream it's over. It's a nice, strong '90s vibe. Um, another take, another duet. Happy together. Um, <clears throat> classic song, and well, it's now a uh, classic cover, <laughs> I think. Uh, and once again, Miley takes a cover and she just hits it so far away you don't even know where it went. Uh, and then probably, like I said, this this is going to be in my, one of my top Miley songs is the, her cover, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Um, like I said, she just covers everything well. It's it's such a good song and she just covers this one so well, just like all the other ones. Um, and then she finishes it with Pablo the Blowfish. Uh, it's just a nice live version of her cute little song. So do it's you, like, it's just fun. Why? Do you want to know why? Because that album's the best song. Or that album's the uh, best album. And that, that song uh, is like the culmination of an entire awesome joke of an album. Like, not joke as in like, ha ha ha, this whole thing's a yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. 
like there's an awesome punchline on an amazing album and that's why that's there yep which is actually really interesting in the it's deleted off of her channel you can only find it on another channel so you kind of have to search that one separately um but two more songs left yep. one that i i wanted to throw in which is uh bbc one radio on youtube i uh, should cover summertime sadness it's a soul tearing rendition I, I just love it just oh it's very yeah, good yeah. yeah and very, then no, this is amazing yeah and then the, the last song we're gonna cover we're going way back to the very beginning hannah montana this is for mr meth the climb solid song to keep you going it hits it hits with the weight of a high school dance though in my mind <laughs> so uh i i need to point out and this is where humor and pop music is is super important um i used to start my streams in a, in a pre-time anyone's listened to Rantcast. if you're listening to Rantcast, you don't you never watched my twitch streams like six years ago okay you didn't um when I would go to queue up League of Legends, I would play the climb. <laughs> because it's the climb. Like, you have a... Yep. You know, you're trying to climb your... I'm on the ladder. Rank. Yeah. Yep, you're climbing the ladder. And so, whenever I, I was a variety streamer at the time, I would, uh, you know, I would... Uh, I oftentimes played uh, um, the Rao Rao Fight the Pawa um, from uh, Gurenlagen. Um you know, uh, hip hop is the soul of a man, or whatever the na name of it is. Um, I would play that usually as my intro song for my streams back in the day. Um, but whenever I would do League of Legends, I would play "The Climb" by Hannah Montana. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. It's the climb. I was, I was I was wondering why it was one of your favorites because like I was listening to it. I'm just like that and that like it hits with the weight of a high school dance. Hit me and I'm just like I don't like it. It's like I don't hate. This. I'd like I hated that. It's like a cringe feeling. Yeah, no, it's 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 it's, and this is where that like humor and like don't take yourself too seriously yeah. comes in when it comes to anything in the world. Never take yourself too seriously. This is my greatest advice right. to anybody. And uh, so, so if you can imagine, like seven years ago, Mephisto as a like a platinum jungler before Challenger tier existed, it was just platinum and diamond, right? Like we're like the final mm -hmm. two. Uh, playing the climb to play myself in. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's Mr. Mephisto. Time to like go jungle and gank people. But like, you got to hear Hannah Montana beforehand, um, because you should never take yourself too seriously. And uh, that's the you lesson should. from the climb. But also, there's always going to be another mountain. Uh, you know, yep. always going to make you move. Yep. It's it's the climb. <laughs> so that. That is the Miley Cyrus discography done by Charles Thomas Moore and Mr. Meth. Yeah. You're welcome, everybody. This yeah. is the, this is this is what you wanted. This is what you donated <laughs> money for. Yeah, yeah. We we ended the night where I said we would on on uh, on three viewers. Oh shit! Right? Five viewers. No, I'm sorry. Hell yeah. yeah! Oh man. Uh, Tim King Tristan showing up and saying Blood Bowl sucks. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> If you, if you think so, it steals from well, the smart. Read, read the room. This is not the topic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have a, I have a closing thought. When it, if if you're if you're done here, and if you have any more closing Let thoughts. Me, I, I've got. I want you to. I want you to close the show ultimately. So I'm going to say the bit, okay. and I'll have you say your bit. Um, I uh, I I used to in the, my first few episodes of Rantcast, I used to come in as uh, you know magical Mr. Mephisto, the man with every opinion unlocked. Um. And this is a joke about it, achievement unlocked. Like I have all the opinions, um, 
And I don't self-hype too much, but in given my current mental health state, I feel like I need a little self-hyping. Um, I wanted to do this episode because you can have a formulating opinion view in the positive to anything. You know, like, you can go into something... You know, with this show, I have the challenge of, like, if I just shit on Miley Cyrus the whole show, that's a much different show, you know. But I don't want to come at that this way. You can go into anything in your life with a, like, a try to analyze it in a positive light, you know. That doesn't mean you're phoning it in, that doesn't mean you're being a shill, you know. Uh, Because there are substantial takes here, and you're going to walk away and be like, I don't like her music. Cool, whatever, you don't. Um, But, like... You, you can't say that we didn't have a viewpoint that we backed up from a positive light. And I think that that's an important lesson is is that, like, you can formulate... Formulating opinions is a ton of fun. Um, like, it's so much fun to, like, just formulate an opinion on a thing. Whether it's a war school or a battalion or a battle tome or an army. Like, it's fun to formulate an opinion. And so I had a lot of fun formulating my opinions here because... Something super important happened. I got to see this thing I kind of knew about from a friend's perspective. And when, like, you try to, like, make friends and see the world from a different perspective, like, it it, it makes the world a better place. And I just wish we all did that a little bit more. So, the man of every opinion used to be a joke about how, like, I talk way too much about everything. But tonight, I felt like it was, uh... Like I had, I had, got to think about what that really meant for the first time, um, because it was something that was said to me negatively, is that you have an opinion on everything, but like tonight I got to be like, what is it, what does it mean to formulate opinions, and um, we we can't forget how we got here, which is over seven thousand dollars raised for Mental Health America. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I will formulate an opinion on anything if we for make money. the world a better place. Well, yeah, for money. I, <laughs> for money. I, I just, I, I will give you my credentials if you want to, like, pay me. I will tell you exactly. No. Um, what's your, I'm what's very, your closing thoughts? I, I'm, I'm thankful that you have a platform that allows this type of fun. And I'm grateful that people are interested in my, my views on the topic of pop singers like I said this this was really fun I, like i wanted this like all right let's we got this let's do this um i would suggest this to anybody like pick an artist and literally go through this discography in order like just have a little word document up like copy the song titles over and just take little notes this was super fun and like i learned a lot about miley i didn't know from her music like there's a lot like i was like holy crap this is this is some of this stuff's getting pretty deep um so i, I just want to leave with this final sentiment here. So put your hands up. They're playing your song. The butterflies will fly away. Nod your head like yeah. Move your hips like yeah. Get your hands up. They're playing your song. You know it's going to be okay. It's a party in the USA. It's a party in the USA.